And we're here, everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. Oh, boy, we're doing this shit again. Oh, Yay. boy. It's every week, Taylor. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's been a long month. We've been discussing that for a while. But welcome to the Atlaran Adventuring Company, everybody. I am your Dungeon Master, Taylor Wallace. And joining me today, I have Alicia Kelly, who will be playing Sylphie. And I have Blake Wolf, who will be playing Kit. Hi. I almost forgot your name. That's okay. Uh, I forget it once in a while. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, We do have an intro, which this week should be the last appearance of it. uh, Until next time when we should have character art revealed. And uh, it's going to be exciting. It, It could be an extra week, but we'll see. Um, so, Blake, if you'd like to... Yeah, I'll go ahead. (sighs) My name's Kit, and I guess I have to tell you about myself. I really don't want to, but Sylphie is threatening my life again. I was born in Amnoblin as an Elusir. The tribes of the Elusir are born with special gifts that come of age as they do, granting them powers like that of their totem. Before I was old enough to choose a totem though, the skull of the nearby city attacked us, destroying our small village and killing many of our elders, including my parents. Those who didn't fight or run fast enough were captured as slaves. With just a few elders and my younger brother, we boarded a ship to carry us south to Irakel a land of hot and sandy terrain. Once there, we immediately left the city and struck out into the Badlands to create a space away from all the untrustworthy Skull who called us dirty names like Skinwalkers. As I came of age in that environment, I found the local coyote population called to me. Hearing their solitary cries at night echoing across the Badlands, I knew they were the ones. I'd already become a loner, and the coyote totem set me further apart as I took on my shifter powers. With fur sprouting in odd places, a set of dog-like ears, and claws, I stuck out easily amongst the skull whenever I visited town to play tricks on them, just like the god Savros would want me to. I thrived in the chaos I created for normal people. They didn't deserve their cushy lives built on the slave labor of my people and others. At 17, I began taking jobs in Port Saris with the wrong sorts of people, but they paid the best, so maybe they were the right sort of people. I didn't care. As long as I could bring home some money to my tribe and my younger brother, that's all I cared about. I started stealing, hurting people, doing whatever was necessary to make a name for myself. That's when I met Dana, the Vixu. Somehow, I came to like her, and we were actually friends. Not that I didn't try my hardest to avoid that. Anyway, Dana eventually went straight for some reason and joined the Wardens. I wasn't interested in such work, but her methods were usually less than legal, and she always threw in bonuses for a job well done. I spent two years doing that, and then, just a month after my 19th birthday, Dana reached out to me. Some idiot had killed a couple of people in town and was planning on more, and he was part of the Arbiters. I didn't tell Dana why, but I eagerly took the job. Anyone involved in the slave trade has a face that needs to be melted off.
Sylvia Phelan here. Sylphie, to my friends. Listen, whatever Kit may have told you about me, it was complete lies, so forget absolutely everything he said. As a matter of fact, you may know me as Sylphie Altera, but I gave up that name fairly recently. Why? It's a bit of a long story. I was born without a family name, living as a street urchin in the unforgiving streets of the city of Moore's Rest. Hunger and desperation were my early childhood friends. The only companion I ever had was Marin, my older sister. I'm still not quite sure whether we were biologically related, but the trials and tribulations we experienced as starving children forged our bond as sisters that was as strong as iron. Wherever Marin went, I gladly followed. It was from Marin that I learned to play lute, and a casual hobby became a source of income for us. For a good enough performance, even the rapscallions of Moore's Rust would gift two talented young ladies with a few coins or a hot meal. It was from these street performances that we attracted the attention of one Alistair Altera and his wife Wedna, and he took us in to give us a roof over our head and a belly full of food each night. At first, I was delighted to be finally part of a proper family. With Alistair and Wedna and our two adoptive brothers, Redner and Flynn, we made a scrappy family of cheats and hustlers, willing to do whatever it took to survive. It wasn't much. It wasn't loving. But it was more than I could have ever dreamed of. The innocuous thieving and swindling soon turned sour, though, as Alistair made friends with the insidious Arbiters, the intricate band of pirates and thieves that run Moore's Rest. Soon, our jobs turned from petty theft to murder for hire. Anyone that the Arbiters deemed unworthy of keeping around, my siblings and I would be tasked with taking out. At the ripe young age of 14, I was a seasoned assassin, using persuasion and charm to lure men into a false sense of security before delivering a most cruel message. My body count only stopped at four, but I was complicit in many others. It was Marin that suffered the most out of any of my siblings. She was responsible for the deaths of at least ten. Those were all the ones that I knew of, anyway. It was the night of another assignment from Alistair that everything changed. We were all given the task of tracking down another unfortunate soul, which we all silently resigned ourselves to. Except, to my astonishment, Marin. She refused. Up until then, I didn't even know such a thing was possible. But Alistair's face soon grew dark, and with only a few words of command from him, Redner and Flynn wasted no time in forcing Marin on her knees and slitting her throat, mere feet away from me. My entire world collapsed around me, and though I accepted the hit job so as not to incur the same wrath from Alistair that my sister received, I slid away from my brothers and off into the night, leaving my treacherous life as a hired knife behind me. Even as I fled, though, the list began forming. I knew that my life's new mission would be to hunt down all of the Alteras and make sure they saw a swift, bloody end. Hell. I'd include every Arbiter I could get my hands on with them. So you can see how I might not be the biggest fan of the name I was given. How, you may ask, did I come upon the name Phelan? Well, that's another story entirely.
And so we have our unheroic troubled travelers, one born with the ancient magics of the Elusir totems, and one only just tapping the primal arcane at the behest of a fickle sea titan. But the story doesn't begin with Kit and Sylphie at all. It begins with Jax, a lonely tabaxi forsaken by the wild mother Melora, who cast himself into the sea after losing everything. When he woke, a whalebone ring had appeared on his hand, unremovable. Unable to die, Jax wandered far until he landed in Amnobolin, taking odd jobs. Doing much the same to make ends meet was Sylphia Altera, and also wandering was Aether of Rhyme, taking time away from the Annika Academy to see the world. The three met by happenstance on the day of the new year, the spring equinox that also happened to be the 200th anniversary of the Calamity. The ancient city of Seeger Rayafir was hosting a World's Fair, showcasing the best and brightest of artists and inventors, including the famed Dr. Jessasan's new coal-powered airship, the Kestrel. Pulled into the job by the welcome of the local Kaskers gang, the three travelers were tasked with protecting the ship in its maiden voyage. Trouble was expected, and trouble was had. The crew barely survived the flight, nearly crashing into the city but managing to land in the water, leading to the arrest of almost everyone on board for suspicion of sabotage. Needless to say, bars didn't hold the new party long when they had a mysterious druid on their side, and they quickly headed for the opposite side of town to escape. Eventually, disliking the cold north, the party traveled south to Irakel and Port Saris, where they quickly found trouble again. They were caught up between Sylphie's hunt for her murderous adopted brothers who'd been complicit in her sister's murder, and a heist put on by a local crime lord that wardens were keen to catch. Between some fetching of illegal goods for the famous enchanter Lysandra Corage, and the fake heist put on by Captain Danafioris of the Wardens to catch the crime lord Tomo, the party made good coin and managed not to hurt too many people that were undeserving. Though they did learn just how dangerous the sleep spell could be. Along the way, Sylphie caught up to her brother Flynn with some help from a Casker privateer named Rhea Espios, but due to Jax's wild magic and an errant sleep spell from Aether, he and Aether were suddenly killed. Unable to go on alone, Sylphie went to Dana for help, and was granted two new allies. Kit, an Elusir from Amnoblin with a bad attitude and the ability to take on physical traits of a coyote, and Corvrin, a dragonborn warden from Lachmanos with a gruff and stubborn personality, but a need for justice. With further help from Maria, Sylphie managed to catch Flynn unaware enough to slaughter him at his most vulnerable moment. Despite her new comrade, Sylphie felt alone, even with Jax's giant coyote friend and Aether's Martin familiar. The three followed Redner to Harris, and along the way, Sylphie came face to face with surging magic by donning Jax's ring, till she learned it was the gift of the sea titan and whale mother Tal Dunost. Seeking any help she could get and an end to the insane magical surges, Sylphie pledged herself to the whale mother. Arriving in Port Nataline, Redner was finally caught and killed at a party held by the local Casker leaders, and while Alistair and Wedna Altera were next on the party's list, they came face to face with the quiet underground operations of the Arbiters and Harris, and a drow named Kellogg Marta. Raiding his haberdashery for information while Corvern worked with the Wardens, Kit and Sylphie came in contact with a cat and a canary that couldn't be killed. The pair were haunted by the animals, even as they fled the shop and set it ablaze. They had to seek spiritual help at local temples to begin to understand that these were not animals, but demons, locked in domestic forms as servants to Kellogg. They freed both in exchange for information, and broke up a slave auction, but never caught Kellogg. He was likely headed for the Arbiter Stronghold of Moor's Rest. 
Hearing of Alistair and Midcord ten days away by ship, the party made for the heart of the shattered continent and arrived just in time for the summer solstice celebrations. Among snooping around, finding great food, bothering an egg roll vendor, and meeting a fantastic traveling circus known as the Phalon Caravan, Sylphie found a little confidence and got desperately needed unconditional love from the caravan whose members accepted her like family. And Kit too if you wanted. They knew of the Alteras and were enemies of one of Alistair's finest killers, a drow werewolf named Vinrith Corsair. Accepting Sylphie into the fold and giving her their big family's name, the caravan welcomed the pair to stay with them. But the night of the summer solstice amid a big show, Vinrith Corsair struck fear into the guests and many were hurt with one killed, before the caravan's allies and the party engaged him and his fellow werewolves. Unable to catch and kill Corsair, Kit and Sylphie were left devastated by the death of Jax's pet coyote, who had become Kit's beloved ward. And while Kit only saw more reason to fight, Sylphie nearly gave in to despair. And then, Alistair himself reached out to the pair, seeking a parlay with Sylphie. He wanted his wife Wedna dead, who'd left him to become the lover of Cynthia Moore, the mother of the new king of the Arbiters, Silas Moore III. And that's where our story continues. Oh, and you might wonder where Corvern is. Well, Kit and Sylphie took off without him, and he's trying right. to catch up, so we'll see if he ever does. In the meantime, welcome to the Atlaran Adventuring Company and the ragtag crew that might just one day be something more than thieves and blades for hire. Maybe. And welcome back. We're Sorry, back. I jumped the gun. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I was waiting for like a countdown and then I heard there our story continues and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> no, well you say in the intro you say there our story continues and then you like waffle on for like another twenty seconds. So it usually gives Thanks. us you're, I'm just letting you know. <laughs> waffle, There's waffle, nothing waffle. wrong with waffling. I love waffles. Me too. Oh boy. Waffle. We're already starting on a great sidetrack. Okay. <laughs> so, after that there intro, let me catch up on what's been happening most recently. So, last session, you guys confronted uh, Liz, who was working for the Bondsman's Guild, also the treasurer to the local Lord Tanris, uh, who had apparently... Uh, signed off on a contract given to Tamar, your orky friend with the weird glowing eyes, uh, who is also Garen's cousin, who posted both the job and the contract that uh, Tamar took. So they're getting a little suspicious. Uh, Kit confronted her specifically, trying to trap her in the warden's office under the guise of delivering papers. And she got away after telling you you have no idea what you're dealing with. She just gone. Uh, however, it does appear that she went on a little bit of a rampage because the warden's deputy was dead. Uh, Zed himself, the marshal, excuse me, uh, was pretty badly injured and Tamar was badly injured. You managed to pick them up, but Tamar's eyes suddenly turned blue and he disappeared into the distance. You're I'm sure, sure that won't come back into play at all. Yeah, you're not sure what's happening with him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we are. He came back. Well, you weren't at the time. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Continue. Sorry. Um, <laughs> thank you. I ruined the story, but surprise! Uh... Yes, and uh, you went back to let Sylphie know, and eventually Sylphie visited Garen's home, uh, the uh, half-orc, <laughs> in disguise as an urchin, and managed to swipe his wife's symbol of 
what is apparently an order dedicated to the goddess Senna, you find out later. Uh, you all gather back up with uh, Tamar missing, but you did have his brother Theo, and you did have Bull. Um, you gathered up near the blacksmith that you had also been interacting with, and shared a little bit of information until you were attacked by seven unknown, clo- unknown cloaked individuals, uh, one of which escaped. All of them were wearing symbols that would be identified a little later. Uh, you rejoin the wardens after narrowly avoiding getting blamed for the murders, thanks to your, you know, cheap get-out-of-jail-free deputy badge. Yep. <laughs> um, and you found out that Garen's entire family, except for his youngest daughter, had been slaughtered. And yeah. nobody knows what happened or why, and uh, the blacksmith and all his kobolds are gone. You have no idea where they went. You did pick up a pocketbook from Garen's body, which identified him as something called a sentinel. Uh, you vaguely know that the sentinels are a secret society in Amnobolin, um, but you don't know what they do. And his wife was apparently a chaser, which is a member, uh, a member of a part of a group called the Guild of the Gate in Garrett Eldathas. Um with no more real leads to go on for the moment with a lot of people dead uh, you returned to the ship to rest upon which Tamara rejoined you finally back in his right mind with a big memory gap Uh, you have come to realize that when his eyes are green he is himself when they turn blue Tamara's not there anymore you don't know what's happening with him he identifies the uh, triangle symbol, uh, triangle symbol, as the symbol of the Heidelin cult, uh, which I've actually put into the map. Uh, if you want to move over to it, it's under the unknown column. Oh, it's showing. Um, this is a more geometric version, um, but theirs are more sort of like the the interiors of these. Uh, triangles are sort of curled. They all, they come in multiple different designs. Um, you two have a little bit of different experience each with the Heidelin cult. Um, they're extremely prevalent in Amnoblin, so Kit is aware of them, and they're sort of penchant for kidnapping particularly young women. Um... Sylphie, you recognize the symbol from a brief run-in with what was known as a Heidelin staff, which Jax got a hold of, and Ken yeah. MacAmbro took away from you. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 where are we? Okay. After that, you guys got some rest, and you spoke to Ziegler about sticking around a little bit longer, but he finally had to say no. He had to put the safety of his crew above your charter so he refunded your fee and though he is very fond of selfie he asked you all to disembark his ship that asshole selfie was immediately heartbroken not heartbroken upset heartbroken Heartbroken. no Uh, and you return to the salt side tavern where you decide to lock tamar down with theo looking after him just to try to keep him from phantoming into the distance again. Um, And that is where we start. 
on the date of Kurvigar the 8th. Did we? You have rented your rooms for five nights, thanks to Kit. And you guys were heading out toward the Tanris estate at about six in the morning. Did we sleep? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So I can... You are full on everything. I can choose new spells. Yes, you can. Alrighty. So you guys are heading out. Are you taking Bull with you? Um... Uh, Do you think we should leave someone what? here to watch tomorrow, or... Theo is watching tomorrow. I know, but yeah. is Theo enough? Because he's kind of like the squishiest of squish. Little bit. He's definitely not the squishiest because he threw you off a dock. Well, okay, so he has a high strength modifier, but he's squishy. He's a sailor. He's not squishy. I think he means more squishy in... HP terms. Soul. In oh. In soul. Soul, like, like, at heart. I know she at meant. heart. Oh, meant. okay. The sole of his foot. Yeah, that. He's about as squishy as Kit. Don't uh, believe. Not true. Okay. Nope. Um, I mean, we can take Bull with us. Sure. Okay. Yeah, we can take uh, Bull. What time of day is it? Did six a.m. It was, it was six a.m. It is okay. dawn. Okay. Dawn. We ride at dawn, bitches. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna have to be. The candle's sneak. magic is almost spent. Dawn approaches. Anyway, continue. Sorry, what were you saying? I apologize. Uh, we're gonna have to be sneaky because it's gonna be light out. Mm-hmm. So. Good idea. Uh, I don't know what our game plan is here. Do we want to just break right in, or are we? trying well, to what are we trying to do here so we can we can do one of two things we can either okay. just bust the fuck right in or we can someone can distract them and then we break in anyway i like that second option a little better it pulls like a little more attention off of somebody breaking into the freaking house i don't know i'm pretty sneaky I'm not as sneaky as me. That was like my job for a long time was being sneaky. Mm-hmm. It's true. Mm-hmm. I I broke into Garen's and got that amulet by being sneaky, didn't I? So there we go. Sure. Anyway, so you want to be the one to break in then? Yes, please. I would love to break in. All right. I'll be the distraction. What are we going to do with Bull? Uh, he can be your backup. Okay. I mean, do you think do you think a bugbear is going to be the most like you know, conspicuous? I mean, if he goes with me, how is he going to fit through the windows? That's true. Uh, alright. I guess so. Okay, he'll come with me. I mean, I'm pretty good at distractions. You could be the distraction and then we could break it. That's true. Oh, we could. You're really good at talking to people. You're really good at talking. Yeah. You're a wonderful conversationalist. Very. That sounds great. We'll have you distract yeah. them. <laughs> okay. Uh, you guys are being weird. 
You're the one being weird. Yeah. Like, why are you being, what? Why are you being weird, no, bro? I, I, yeah. I think this is pretty much how I always am. Well, this is how we always are, so... All right. I guess we're weird. Oh god, are we weird? We're weird. Probably. Oh god. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that god. was Taylor. Says yeah. god. Uh, <laughs> Just off in the distance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, Kit, how much money do you have now? After you got refunded all that money. None of your damn business. I'm just, okay. Less than you. Can I level with you here? I'm not looking for your money. Okay. I have plenty of money. I have 275 gold and 6 silver. Okay. So, like, we could just bounce, right? Because, <laughs> like, you, the whole reason that we're doing this is so you could get some extra money, but now you have extra money. Where are we going to go? Who's going to take us? I mean, there's a billion other a billion random guys at the docks who could are we gonna ride one of them to Enic I mean you said it not me but <laughs> uh can you summon a whale that we can ride to Enic oh god maybe I could I don't know I haven't we tried we try <laughs> um I don't know, unless you're you invested want, well, in this. Are you, like, soups invested in this? Do you want to at least try to rob this guy blind and then ride a whale to Enic? Yeah, maybe. I mean... Does that sound okay. fun? I'm gonna level with you here again. Okay. Two levels. In Two one. level. Oh. Oh. I'm just full of levels today. Oh my god. It's like, like talking to an onion. Ha, uh, I know. Uh... What, are we bad people then if we don't figure this thing out first <laughs> Mar oh I forgot about Tamar <laughs> so the answer is yes okay uh, um, I mean we didn't get him into this mess really it's not our responsibility and technically you turned in your bounty yeah so like we don't. We're not required to help him. We can. God, I hate this. I don't know if that person's gonna help at all, but we'll see. Hold on. Call Whale Mom. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna. I'm. Text Whale Mom. Be like, you up? Is there? <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, is. There... <laughs> Is there like a, uh, do we have like a balcony or like a separate outside area that I can go I assumed you guys were already outside, but yes, there oh, is a balcony okay. in the salt side at tavern if you're not already outside. Okay. I assumed we were still in our room. You're also but... right next to the sea. Oh, okay. Well, by okay. The sea. No, let's say we were outside because Down I think having that, sea. um, that conversation in front of tomorrow would be kind Down of, uh, Where'd all these I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything oh you just God. said. It's okay, that's why I stopped talking. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. All these seagulls are pecking <laughs> at my knees. Helena Bottom Carter. Helena Bottom Carter was calling my name. I had to finish uh -huh. the verse. 
I've got. Uh, I figure. Oh, so we. I'll say we were outside because I think having that conversation in front of tomorrow would be uh, pretty shitty. But <laughs> so yeah. Um, why don't you guys go get like breakfast or something, and then I'm just gonna go like sit down in the sand and like have a chat, as much of a chat as I can have. I guess. Okay. Uh, we can probably do that. Cool. Alright, peace out. I walk down toward the beach. Bye. Paging God. Paging God. Hello. Hello, God. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Fiona. God, your paladin is lost in the shoe section. <laughs> please go. Please go. Can pick you please them report up. to the customer service desk to pick up your paladin? <laughs> This is kind of what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> um, I love the moment I hand you a god. You're like, must call. Must call. Yes, all the oh, time. God. Call this god all the time. All right. Um, what you going to do? What I guess gonna I'm going to go down to the... What you going to do? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go down to the beach. Mm-hmm. And each? Each? Go Let's go beach. get away. <laughs> Nikki God damn it, Minjaj. we need to stop. I know, this okay. is Nikki Minjaj. <laughs> okay. This entire Taylor feed is ben, now a vine. <laughs> Taylor and Ben are not allowed to talk until Alicia asks a Well, question. if she stopped memeing at us, maybe we could. I d- she okay. doesn't need to. Okay, I'm cutting us off. I said the word beach. I'm cutting beach. us Did off. Did I not say beach anymore? <laughs> Sylphie, go. All right, I'm going to the beach. <laughs> I'm going to walk into the the water. Just kind of hike my 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 britches up a little bit, I guess, so they don't get wet. I'm just gonna stand in there like calf deep. I'm gonna be like, all right. Hi, Wilma. Not I'm not saying this out loud. This is all like implied, like vibes. Just like vibing out. Hey, well, mom, what's up? Uh, would I be a bad person if I just let this orc rot in jail? Please respond. Bye. Wow. Question of morality for the titan of the sea. Interesting. Roll me just a wisdom check. Okay. I don't do wisdom checks a lot. What is my wisdom modifier? That's not helpful. Oh, Seventeen. Seventeen, I think. So for the moment, um, Eris Harbor is pretty quiet. Even though the harbor master can't really lock it down because it's a free port, um, things have slowed and a lot of people have retreated to their ships or their lodgings to sort of wait out the apparent danger. While there's still a few people just doing work as usual, thinking, it's not my problem, I don't need to worry about it. Um, the area where you're sitting is pretty much quiet except for the lap of the waves against the sand. Um, 
you stand sort of your your feet have already half sunk into the wet sand below and um, it's sort of as the the waves roll in it almost gets up to your knee joint and then drops almost to your ankle and it becomes kind of calming this perfect rhythm back and forth and you see to your left a little ways maybe like 50 feet or so you see little piles of sand start to push up in the water or no um a little ways back on the beach okay the little piles of sand start to push like something's digging its way out and you notice little baby sea turtles start to pop out and start to very clumsily sort of flap their way toward the water um and it's something you've never experienced in person before you've seen like drawings of this but this is fairly rare to actually see um and you watch them all and you start to hear in the distance the calls of seagulls as they see this happening and they start to swoop their way in uh i'm gonna run over and i'm going to (laughs) take my great sword and i'm gonna like swing it so you just like helicopter your sword over the yeah i'm not i don't want to like hurt the seagulls actually i just want to like whoosh them away like you know just like get out of here there are several nests um make me a make me an intimidation check 16 okay um so the first nest that you see of like 50 little baby turtles you manage to cover them pretty well and then another nest starts to open up and more sea turtles start to come out and more until you can't be in three places at once you're doing a fair job of protecting most of them but on the outskirts you can't save the slow ones you can't save the ones that are too far away that just get snatched up no and seagulls, hawks, a couple vultures come in and just snatch them up with impunity. Even a few mammals come out and grab a couple. Um, and eventually you sort of see the last of this bunch to the edge of the waves. And you can still see in the distance the t- little sea turtles that don't dive fast enough can sometimes get scooped up. Um... But as you're doing this, tell me how Sophie feels about this. I think not great, because, I don't know, just a feeling of not being in control is not wonderful, even when she tries to take control, uh, but fails, it's... It's difficult for her to wrap her head around it. Welcome to D&D therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, as you sit there with your sword now planted in the sand next to you, watching all the little shapes disappear underwater, too deep to be caught now, um, you spend a long moment as 
these emotions, this feeling of a lack of control is weirdly intensified in you. And it hits you like, where where is this coming from? Why do I feel so strongly about a bunch of fucking turtles? Um, and you see in the distance a little orange-red splotch in the water with little white stripes just swimming by. Dicks. And then I turn around and <laughs> go back to join Kitten Bull. You hear in the background. She speaks in turtles. We've learned her language. As you run away, <laughs> you hear in the background, have you seen my son? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll go find. I just got that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was such a delayed reaction. <laughs> I was like, why does son? he is, is there what? something I oh. referenced? <laughs> uh, clownfish. Um, yeah. Uh, but as you you start to make your way away away from the beach, um, the the feelings sort of fade a little bit as you get further away from the edge of the water. And what you're left with is kind of the same question you came with, but also another one, which is do you want to waste your energy on something you may not be able to control? Or is it a waste? How many places can you be in at once? Yeah, that too. Um, I guess the grand question is, is, is it a waste if you try? Does it mean anything to be alive? Okay. All of these um, philosophical and metaphysical questions. Yes, you could pick here, any of them. Existential third, crisis party of one. Here's the third level here for y'all. Uh, this is getting <laughs> weirdly uh, weirdly real. Home. Weirdly yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Especially uh, right now. Don't worry. I'm ther- I'm therapying myself as well. Yeah. Huh. This is why I love D&D, though. It's, it's 2020. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you are you are left with these extra questions, which are... None of them are an answer. Nothing is an answer. It's more of a... Do you think it is worth your time to potentially help somebody... But is it worth it if you fail? I mean, well, okay. Do something with uh, Bull and Kit for a second so that I can... So that Alicia can... I need yeah, time to hyperventilate go. and process, please. Thank you. <laughs> it just I'm going to have a dissociative away. episode over here. Yeah, it's fine. It's cool. <laughs> if you get a thousand yard stare, I'll be like, Okay, and over here. Normal um, Saturday night for Alicia. <laughs> It'll get more fun, I promise. Um, <laughs> so yes, with uh, Kit and Bull, what are you guys doing? We're going to go get breakfast. What would you like? Meat. Because I am a meatitarian. Well, you're going to have to be a pescatarian here. Um, That's still meat. But yeah, uh, you make your way into the sort of 
it's still part of the harbor area, but it's the it's the markets in the back where they sell things that come in. Um, and uh, most of the sand stands there are selling just raw fish and trade goods, but you do find a few that are actually grilling. Um, most of them, it's not quite the variety of mid-cord, but you do find like whole fish uh, roasted in the fire. You do find some grilled. Um, you probably find like a an off version of sushi. Um, Harris... How- off? Not not off as in bad. Okay. But like Harris's best guess at sushi, ah. which is like a chunk of tuna rolled in rice. That's not terribly off, but it's still not terribly off. But it's not accurate. Yeah. No. Um, sushi and sort of Japanese, Chinese style foods come from Lakmanos. Mm-hmm. So you imagine the person who's making these, like it's fresh fish and fresh ingredients. They just don't remember what the Lakmano, what the um, Lakmeni chef taught them. Ah. So they're just like, it's like a ball of rice with tuna and like other stuff in the middle. Oh, um, it's like onigiri. Like Kind of, and, like, wrapped up with, like, a seaweed uh-huh. thing. Um, but it's, like, a ball instead of any yeah. specific shape. Okay. Um, and they're, like, a copper for five of them. They're super cheap. Five? That's so yeah. much food. Oh, my God. Uh, and they're, they're like, baseball-sized. Fuck. I will buy a copper's worth. Okay. And then I will give four of them to bowl, or three of them to bowl. Does he eat fish bowl? Do you eat fish? Uh, I eat pretty much anything. Okay, we'll try this. This looks uh, like pretty much anything. Except for almonds. Any particular reason? Just don't like them? I'm allergic. Like, will you die if you eat them, or like... No, just like hives. Cool. It is canon. Bull is mildly allergic to <laughs> to almonds. Not Great. tree nuts, just almonds. Just almonds. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> I, uh, okay. Well, I don't think there's any almonds in the fish unless the tuna ate some almonds. I don't know. He just stuffs one in his face. It's oh. gone in like a few chews. Gotcha. Well, if you want more, just let me know, but that was... Oh, no, this'll, this'll be fine. Okay, great. Thank I don't you. even know if I'm going to get... Yeah, you're welcome. I don't even know if I'm going to get through these two, so... Uh, I mean, I'll eat anything you don't. Good to know. Yeah. P.S. Fun thing about this world. Tuna is... Good tuna is super common and super cheap. God, I wish that was our world. I know. Instead of a, just a bunch of canned bullshit. Um, yeah. yeah, so we got breakfast. Uh... Mm-hmm. I've got more diamonds than I could ever possibly use unless Sylphie feels like attempting to die multiple times. Um, and then... Can I, like... Hmm. Uh, if I could make that little bell noise that, <laughs> that uh, uh, Samantha does when she wiggles her nose, I like, but I can't. Um, Samantha? I thought it was Sabrina. 
No, no Sabrina, Sabrina is the teenage, is teenage witch. witch. Samantha is bewitched. Bewitched. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. They're both blonde bitches. I don't care. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> the results are the same. Bewitched is so, oh my god, uncultured. Anyway. So, um... <laughs> Uncultured. Uncultured. Uh, I is there somebody who sells like oh things that hurt people when you throw them at them, like acid or bombs? Um, acid you would have to talk to an apothecary for. Which is there an apothecarist? Apothecist. Uh, there. Apothecary. It's an apothecary. I know, but yeah. what's the person who runs it? Are they an apothecary? An apothecary. Oh, really? It's the shop yes. and person. Oh, well, that's cool. I want to go talk to the apothecician. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. For for the sake of brevity, um, you can get some fairly caustic acid that's like meant for cleaning up stuff on metal. Mm -hmm. Um. Like the two That's... D6 worth of damage acid? Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, how much are they a piece? Kind sir, madam, madam, lady man, sir? That is a good question. What's a, what's a single legitimate question? What's a single word for like a non-gendered like like folks, but like a, a single term, like a singular friend. Folk. That actually, friend is really good. I just wasn't. I, all I could think of was folk, and I was like, that doesn't. That. <laughs> no, there really isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll go with friend folk. Yeah. Well, if not for the shift in English, sir would still be non-gendered, but. It used True. to be S-E-R and referred to both men and women who had knighthoods. Oh. In fact, technically it still does. Nice. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Vial of Acid uh, for that kind of power is 25 gold of vial. I'll take two. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can throw it up to 20 feet and cause up to Jesus. Sorry. 2d6 acid damage. My, whenever I erase the whole thing shakes and then my camera's like back and forth and just, yeah, looks like we're having a party in here. I'm I'm so glad that you sympathy dance like every time I terribly beatbox. <laughs> it's wonderful. I wouldn't call this dancing. No, nah, that works. That counts. Um, I'm switching the map back over yes. to the continent. I am adjusting it as you do. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you, you can grab that. Um, Bull wanders off a little ways, not too far. Um, but he goes and uh, actually picks him himself up some extra javelins. Um, he, uh, he uses a gigantic ass hammer some javelins and you've seen him carry or like very carefully fold a net into a bag on the side of his belt um nice 
Yeah. Does he have like the Batman utility belt going no, on? No, he's a gladiator. Like literally? Literally. Nice. It's a background in D&D and he actually is one. Hot. Um is there I feel like I need to look at my player handbook. Is there like any thiefy things that I need? Anything that I'll I can get that like can can I look for something that'll help me conceal myself? And not as like a not makeup, but like not a disguise, but actual concealment. Like what? Like a a cloak or a You wanna Harry Potter this shit and like I want an invisibility cloak. <laughs> um Yeah, something Ferris Home is not really a place of magical items. Well that's lame. Um however uh, there is, as you're looking around for something just out of the ordinary to see if anybody has anything interesting, you do come across this weird shop on the corner of one of these one of the streets. Yes. Um, it's it's weird in that it is not the same style building as the rest of the town. The rest of the town is sort of like timber frame, like Tudorian style, uh, with a lot of stone buildings. This one is specifically like, for us, it would be like Edwardian Victorian style, mm -hmm. um, with like the multi-paneled windows and the bay windows okay. that have the displays in them. Mm -hmm. Um very you can find a lot of buildings of this type in like Boston or Salem um, in the older quarters uh, but yeah it is a, a sort of Victorian Edwardian style building which in this world is Constanian style uh, it's a fairly new style of architecture and fashion um, and uh, the wood of the building because most of it most of the foundation is stone the wood is all painted a weirdly not gaudy gold. It actually looks quite beautiful. Okay. It's it's sort of trimmed with gold paint. Um, and you see sitting in the window, uh, there are all kinds of weird trinkets and statues and like little busts of strange looking people. Um, and through there, you can see shelves and shelves and shelves of mismatched strange items. At first you think it's an antique store, but you notice that a lot of the items are like wands and talismans and things of that nature. Uh, the sign over the door has a golden dragon, uh, not a dragon, a golden drake, so a wingless dragon. Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of the silhouette and painted in red letters in very fine uh, script is Sundrake Sundries and Strangeness. You and your alliterations, I tell you what. <laughs> um, the first franchise in the entire world of Atlarum. Of course, I'm going in, obviously. Okay. So you step in, you hear a little ting-a-ding-ding -ding above your head as a little bell goes off. Um, and in the back of the shop, there is a, uh, a sort of square counter um, upon which is sitting tons and tons of dusty items that are being like cleaned up. And you see uh, a incredibly garish man pop up from behind the counter. Um, at first, you think 
like they're a circus of their own. Think like Molly kind of circus mm-hmm. of their own. Uh, but it is a golden dragonborn. Um, and he has this beautiful uh, beautiful coat that is a gradient of dye from green to blue as it goes down. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of like a white fade across the center. Um, and his arms and his hands are covered in rings and bracelets. His horns are pierced and bangled. Um, you see one of them has sort of a blunted tip. It looks like at one point maybe they were cut short. Um, he has a lot of scars around his neck and his wrists, uh, which is typical of former slaves, uh, which explains the blunted horn. Um, and he has all this like face jewelry. Like he has both, he has the his septum pierced. He has a couple uh, brow rings on one side um, and a couple like, it's weird for a dragonborn because they don't have lips. He actually has his fang pierced at the very base of it um, with a golden ring that like hangs right here. Um, yeah, it's bod mod for fucking dragons. Oh, um, God. But yeah, he pops up and you see he's got like a duster in one hand in like a little like soft cleaning tool in the other. He's like, oh, I forgot to put up the clothes sign. Welcome to Sundrake Sundries and Strangeness. How can I help you? Hi. Um, I need you to dial it back just a hair. Thanks. Uh, so do you have anything that might help me conceal myself or or and i'll add this as a caveat anything that would help me identify items well um i mean the most useful thing for identifying items is a wizard but do you sell uh, those i could get you one it would take a few weeks that's that's a little bit longer than I have. Uh, I can identify items for you as well if you have anything on uh, in mind. Um, and he puts down his stuff and comes around the counter. He towers like dragonborns in my world are typically like six to seven feet. He's like seven and a half, mm-hmm. um, but he's very like thin and svelte. Um, So he comes around with this long, beautiful gradient robe just sort of flowing around him. And you can see his his shirt is this sort of glossy white silk and his pants are these striped uh, black and green color. Um, But he steps around and comes up to you. He says, "Uh, as for concealment, I'm sure you're not talking about makeup. Um, Nope. What would you be uh, interested in concealing? Your just self entirely so you cannot be seen? Your identity so someone thinks you're someone else? I. Uh, so I can't be seen. Oh, okay. Um, and he sort of peruses through the aisles of his shop. He says, Well, uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, of course, a scroll. Um. But if you want something more reusable, more permanent, mm-hmm. um, he he goes over to one shelf and he scoops up a black bolero hat. Um, he says, this is 
usable for both applications, becoming someone else and also being harder to see. And he pops it on his head and his entire form turns to a normal ass looking human in normal work clothes. Um, He's still seven and a half feet tall, uh, but he's like perfectly proportional and pretty unremarkable. And he's just wearing a normal hat now. Impressive. It's like, there is this, and he pops it back off his head and puts it back on the shelf. Uh, he says, you can, of course, change yourself to look whatever you like. So you could make yourself entirely clothed in black, dark skin, everything. Um, he goes down the line, and he plucks out this uh, yellow, like golden yellow potion that's like almost glowing. It says, this will make you invisible. Uh... What what do the hat and the potion run by chance? Uh, well, the hat, uh, mind you, it's, uh, you can use it just about any time. Runs about a thousand gold. The potion, however, and he brings that over, he says, this is fairly easy to make. It lasts about an hour. These are a hundred gold each. <laughs> <laughs> I also work for trade. What kind of trade? Um, legal trade. Well, preferably. Well, mostly legal, of course. Well, what do you need done? Are you offering to do a job? Possibly. Just curious what they are first before I accept. Do you want the illegal ones? Because I won't share the illegal ones unless you agree to do them first. I want the one that's going to get me the hat. I will trade you the hat. Hmm. And he, he sits and he thinks about it for a moment. Says, How far are you willing to go for the hat? Ah. Uh... Well, I'm going all the way to Enik after this, so I guess... And then to Moore's Rest, so I guess pretty far. Moore's Rest? Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's quite interesting. Um, do you know of Ambro? Yes. I've heard of the mm-hmm. island that nobody the, uh, can get to. Yes, the Perpetual Typhoons. Mm-hmm. Uh... If I were to give you the hat, would you be willing to drop something off there for me? Um, would an airdrop be okay? However you can get it to land. Hmm. What if I fail? Well, I assume failing means you drown, so either way. What do I have to drop off? And uh, he goes behind his counter and goes into a back door. And he brings out a, uh, like, lockbox-sized crate. Okay. Um, it is fully nailed shut, so there's no opening it. It says, just this. It's all right ass- if it gets wet, it won't hurt it. I'm assuming this, whatever this is, is probably horrifically dangerous. 
Uh, if in the wrong hands, but as long as you don't open the box, it'll be fine. <clears throat> and it is legal, before you ask. Ah, uh, uh, wait. Technically. What happens if the box gets damaged? <laughs> is it gonna, like, explode and kill everybody? No. Is it a creature? Give or take. Does it breathe? We're going to play no. 20 questions until I figure this out. <laughs> um, well, you see, the more questions I answer, the more I feel like you're going to steal it. I just want to make sure that I'm not going to die by taking it somewhere. It is a pseudo-dragon egg. I don't, oh, a pseudo-dragon egg. Yes. Okay. Do people eat those? Is that like... No, you should never eat a pseudo-dragon egg. You will die. Oh, um, well, that's good to know. No, it is perfectly protected inside with a number of spells and, of course, cushions. Uh, it will not hatch until it meets the right conditions, so no worries there. It needs to get to the druids on the island. It is my payment for a favor they did me. And also gift to friends, but you know. Do you have maybe a small haversack I could keep it in? Sure. So it and stays he, out of the way? <clears throat> and he walks over to the uh, shop wall where you see several like backpacks and satchels are hung up. He says, uh, bag of holding, bag of holding, uh, backpack. And he pulls down one and he like checks inside and like turns it over just in case. He's like, nope, normal backpack. And he puts the box inside. Normal backpack? Normal backpack. Oh, okay. I'm not, well, I mean, if you want a bag of holding, we can add more on. I, are they like as expensive as this hat? Yes. What else would I have to deliver to get one of those? <laughs> uh, oh boy. Um, just what a, else just a real small one. It doesn't even have to be... Well, it has to be large enough to actually fit the box inside the opening, otherwise it doesn't work. Yeah, so like, real little. Would this be a good time for Sylphie to You don't to know where I am. It? You don't well, know where I am. Can you I can probably find Bull. Yeah, and then he'll be like... Kit's over there. Yeah, why not? Okay. Oh, man, I wanted this to be secret. Oh, oh okay. Um, well, I'm trying to help you out because I have money. I don't need your help. Uh, you do You do get directed to this strange shop, the architecture of which you've never seen the likes of. Mm -hmm. And uh, you do see Kit inside talking to the most broad, weirdly styled, Molly Mock-esque... Uh, Sun Drake, Golden Dragonborn inside. Um, and they seem to be talking over a bag in a box. Okay. Title for the episode. <laughs> a bag in a box. Uh, I'll walk in. Ching -ding -ding. There you are. Hello. I... Hello. hello. What you... Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> hello. Welcome to Sun Drake Sundries and Strangeness. How can I help you? Well, for one thing, bless you. For um, <laughs> for another Listen, thing, it was not my idea. It was my father's. I mean, but you have the power to change it, right? 
Why would I change it? It's famous. And also, is who better to, is it who better to run a Sundrake Sundries than a Sundrake? You got me there. <laughs> to Kit, I'm, I, I point at Kit and I'm like, I've made my decision. We should uh, skedaddle. What are you trying to, to get here? Uh, I'm just taking care of some odds and ends. I'll be outside in a minute. Do you need help? Nope. Actually, I've got everything under control. Thanks to getting a refund, I've got everything I need. Can I run an insight on him? God, sure. God damn it. <laughs> Make a deception Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, that was really bad. Uh, 10. <laughs> Unnatural 20. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> seems like he's got things under control. Okay, and then I leave. <laughs> you don't want to. All right. <laughs> Believe me, you don't want her in here. I don't know. Heard I think that. She's rather pretty. Well, um, not oh. my type. You understand, but very pretty. So, how much for the bag, too? What A else do I have gold. to? What else do I have to deliver, though? Like, I'll take two pseudo dragon eggs. Well. I don't have a second pseudo-dragon egg, but I think I would be willing to work for information for the other one. About who? You you say you're going to Anak Island. Yes. We have to deliver a bucket. A bucket? It's a very special bucket. I suppose it must be if you're going to Anak Island. If you would do me the favor of just extending your stay on Anak Island and bringing me stories, drawings, uh, if they have books, even better, um, information about the people who live there. I understand they're merfolk. I mean, I... I know sending, so that's that's not a big deal. I can send you back information, and then I'll mail you the drawings the later. Kind of. Well, if you would mail them back, that would work, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, sending is a bit short for the kinds of things I would like to know. True. Um, but yes, if you would gather information for me about these people, um, I'm curious to know about their origins. I understand they're some of the first survivors from the calamity to set down roots some of them the the ones who are not merfolk understand um and sort of the predecessors of the people who live in amboro and then the merfolk they say they are the children of tal dunost and i'm interested to know if this is true okay I, think I don't I know can... what this accent is, but I fucking love it. Yeah, I kind of like it's it It's very too. German. Yeah, is it German? To, to me, it sounds, it sounds like it. It definitely sounds like Western or Eastern European, like in that area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He sounds Aja. nothing like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he sounds anything like Caleb. Um, I don't know. It's, no, it's it like doesn't a, sound like Caleb, but Caleb has like. I thought it it's sounded more like more... that guy that was on YouTube who did like the really ridiculous German accent all the time. Flula Borg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. He's actually German. Yeah. Oh, he is. Oh, well, yeah. it, it sounds like he's faking it. It, it does sound like him. Yeah. I thought it sounded like I was crossing like Austria with South Africa. Because <laughs> <clears throat> it reminds me a little bit of Trevor Noah, but only slightly. Um, I didn't, but anyway. Yeah. So you want drawings, information on their origins? Drawings, information, scrolls, stories, anything that they would be willing to part with. Um, let them know. Uh, if they do try to stop you, mm -hmm. that I will be willing to pay for anything they should part with. Just write up a receipt or something if they demand payment. Uh, I will pay that. You won't be required to pay that part. Okay. Uh, what's your name so I can tell them who to contact? Oh, good lord. Did I not introduce myself? I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, I am Allah Rowanen. Can you spell that for me? A-L-A-R. Rowanen... Uh, R-O-W-A-N-E-N R-O-A-W Yes. He he sort of proudly puffs his chest. He's like, right. yes, Allah Rohanan, son of Sandrik and Valak Rohanan. Ah. That doesn't... I'm happy for you. Um, um so, Make a history check. Just for fun. What the fuck that is? I don't think you guys have ever... Uh, I don't think Ben has ever run across three. Eight. You know the name Valar Croanon? Something to do with, like, a traveling, weird, tiefling merchant. But you didn't know that this was the kind of weird. Oh. He's, he's famous enough that you've heard his name before. Okay. That name sounds vaguely familiar. Well, you're an Elusia. You should know of at least my brother, uh, Valak II. He has a uh, shop out in, um, well, I suppose any direction. And I'm noble in the south because it's the North Pole. Um, along one of the rivers. Oh. Um, I was very young when we got forced out of Amnoblin, so I don't Oh, remember. you're one of the Irakelian. I am now. I see. Yes, we we know of your people. We've, I believe, my fathers have helped some of your people cross. Possibly. Possibly. Well, either way, you are very welcome here, and um, I do believe I owe you a bag and a hat. A bag and a hat and an egg. Yes. And he takes the box out of the normal backpack and he hangs that one up and he sort of motions to the wall uh, where there is like a sling style bag. Mm -hmm. There's a messenger style. There's a backpack and there is a sort of like leg bag style that like buckles around your thigh. Um, any of them will hold Why? the box. Why do you got to hit me with flair like that? You know, I'm going to take the fucking leg bag. Okay. Um, God. Yeah, he, <laughs> I love leg bags. Okay. I do too. They're oh, so man. fucking cool and absolutely like ridiculous to have, but I love them. They're awesome. Yeah, he pulls the leg bag down. Leg bag of holding. Yeah. The uh <laughs> the the holster bag. Um and he uh carefully refits the belt for you so there's not too much extra slack. Mm -hmm. Um and just very quickly like refinishes the end of it for you. Um and fits it onto your leg. He opens up the pouch, which 
the opening actually expands quite a bit. It has like the, the accordion fold in the sides and he shoves the box down into it and it just disappears into blackness. He says, now with that box in there, you can probably fit about another hundred pounds or 10 cubic feet. Damn. Okay. Whichever happens first. Uh, if you exceed the bag's space or weight, it will rip itself apart and throw everything everywhere. So don't do that. Is there a way to uh, check it? Well, the easiest way I've found to check it is to keep a simple list in my pocket or in the bag itself. You just pull it out, check what's in there. Um, also, if you ever forget what's in there, just take it, turn it inside out. The bag will be fine, but it will drop everything on the spot. Turn it right side back out and it'll be fine. Okay. I can do that. Uh, it also has, he shows you two smaller compartments on the sides. It also has these two side compartments, which are also enchanted. Um, I call these potion slash purse pouches. Um, each of them fits two cubic feet of material or 25 pounds. Okay, so it was 100 pounds and 25. Yeah. Um, so with Five, the box two. in okay. the main compartment, uh, without <laughs> the box in the main compartment, it's about uh, 11 cubic feet with 100, about 120 pounds total capacity without the box. And then the side pouches are two feet each and 25 pounds each. Okay. And then can you tell me, Alar, what <clears throat> what are the capabilities of this hat specifically? Uh, hat, and what's um, it called? It is very uncreatively called a hat of disguise. Ah. Easy to remember. Essentially, all you need to do is pop it on your head and whatever image you decide to take, as long as it's similar in shape and height to you, you can become it. Any humanoid, basically. Uh, any color, any fur, any hair. And you can make the hat look like whatever you want or have it not appear on your head at all in your new form. Uh, however, if someone were to touch you while you are disguised, they would be aware that it is fake unless they're incredibly stupid. Solid. So, just... Just between us, when I like to do my sneaking around, I turn myself completely black with all black clothes, black matte scales, and just move through the shadows. Can you turn yourself clear? Uh, no. It must be a, an, uh, what is the word? Opaque? Ah, that yes. word. Yeah. Solid. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you. I will... I will do both of those things. I will send you a message when I've delivered the egg. And I will go buy a journal right now to start for the other Lovely. thing. Um, Unless you have a journal. Do you have journals? I do not have any mundane uh, stationery. Ah. But uh, have, he... I'm sorry, a magical stationery? Yes. What does it do? Does it mail itself? Uh, that's an invention that does exist, but it is very hard to get a hold of. Mm. No, um, he, text messaging. He, 
he takes you over to another shelf that's just lined with a bunch of books that all look the same. Um, they're different colors, but they're all bound exactly the same. And he pulls one down. He says, this is a self-writing book. Um, and he opens it up and you see the pages like shift on their own and open to the first blank page. Uh, he goes over to his uh, desk and picks up a, what looks like a black fountain pen says and this goes with it and he just drops the pen point down on the page and it balances perfectly um he says as soon as you say anything to the effect of record this take this down it will start to write out whatever you say cool um i'll probably just get a mundane one unless you have one that can copy across great distances so that you can see what i write down when i write it uh, I don't have one of those that I can spare. Okay. No worries. I will go get a regular journal. But if you just go down the street about five buildings or so, there's an actual, um, what's the word? Uh, courier. Good lord. Um, <laughs> stay in character. Um, and, uh, you can pick up all, all sorts of stationery supplies, uh, boxes, if you should need them to mail large amounts of material, uh, that sort of thing. Okay. I will do that. Thank you for doing business with me, and if anybody asks, I wasn't here. I don't know what you're talking about. Indeed. Oh, my name's Kit, by the way, I should probably tell you that. <laughs> yes, that is good to know. Mm. All right. Peace out. Yeah. And he goes and he opens the door for you like a gentleman and uh, sort of points you down the block toward the courier's office. Uh, Sylphie, you're out in the middle of the thoroughfare with Bull, oh, I assume. Before yeah, I walk yes. out of the building, I'm sorry. Yes. Before I walk out of the building, I want to put the hat on and then I want it to take, I want it to basically disappear and just look like my hair. Okay. So I still have it on, but you can't see it. Yep, you can do that. Okay. Um, so yeah, Sophie with Bull in the middle of the thoroughfare. He's helped you uh, locate breakfast. Um, Did you he, guys get sushi he, uh, too? <laughs> I mean, if you wanted. <laughs> sure. uh, he's like, yeah, there's this really nice like tuna rice like seaweed roll. It was it's actually really good. Mm -hmm. Um are really big uh and he's sort of like talking you through what he's found uh just just trying to be helpful mm -hmm. um and uh you guys do see kit come back out of the uh sundrake sundries <clears throat> and head towards courier oh geez it took you long enough shopping episode <laughs> i'm sorry i had to get some things well i had like a whole like revelation like in half the time that it took you to buy a box whatever that was I ended up just buying a bag and I like oh. point to the one that's strapped to my leg oh okay that's a lot more helpful and useful so that's what I thought too the box seemed kind of useless and heavy mm -hmm. anyway so yeah I guess we're doing this thing we are? I guess. Oh. Unless you have other thoughts. No, not but... at all. I just, I thought 
I don't know. Did Whale Mom actually respond? You know, when you talk to Whale Mom, it's like... It's like being sent like a bunch of random letters kind of all mashed together and you kind of have to decipher what it is I for yourself. that's called reading. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it's random <laughs> letters. Still words, but okay. Alright. That's picture, if you will. Can you read? It's like one of those word jumbles. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like a word jumble. Thank you. Those are really hard. Word they, sudoku. Yeah. You know, it's just like a bunch of messages and you don't quite know what exactly they mean so you have to figure it out for yourself or whatever so well i guess we can go break into this place and then see what we can find if we find nothing we'll just get out of here yeah well i mean we should yeah yes we can take Tamar with us if you want. I don't know what no, we're going to do. No, we're not with taking this, but... Tamar with us. Oh, you mean if we don't find yeah. what we're looking for. You know what? I might be okay with that. Got to find you a know, boat. At, at least I'm not just like leaving him to, you know, rot in jail here. Yeah. But... Okay. Well, did you guys get. They needed to go to Enoch. Did you guys get breakfast yeah, or. Yeah, we did. All right. Well, let's let's go cause a ruckus. Okay. So, plan is that you and I are breaking in while Bull causes a distraction. Of uh, yeah, a scene. A hullabaloo. Yeah. So you guys are going for yes, Tanner. Tanner's. Yeah, we're going to Tanner's yeah, estate. Yeah. I wasn't sure for a minute there. Yeah. Um. Well, I'm just trying to make sure we all know our roles here. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, as you sort of start to discuss it, Bull says, uh, yeah, I can, I can like, start a something. I, I don't know. Do you want me to, like, punch somebody and start a brawl? Ooh, uh... I was thinking me. maybe you could just, like, knock on the front door and... And be like... Oh, um, my leg's broken or something. Yeah, I'm a poor you know? child and I need food. I mean, does he look like a poor child to you? I, do I look like I don't eat enough? I. You can <laughs> pretend it's all fur. I don't know. And he, like, touches his own fur and it's, it's definitely solid muscle. <laughs> I would just say, you know, actually, it's a horrible oh, idea. Oh, I know, I know, I know. What? what? Uh, I'll, I'll be like one of those people who goes up and like knocks on the door and is like, do you have a moment to hear about a lord and save your lord Hesperus? Yeah, if you uh, if you think that'll stop you from getting stabbed. Like, yeah. Yeah, because well, I th I think that someone might just shut the door on you then. Or murder you. What if I say like, because we don't really know who they're aligned with. Should I say, like, do we know which side Tenris is on? Do we know if he's aligned with Garen or with those Hardelin people? I'm pretty sure we know that he's involved with Garen in some way. So he he's... would probably like it if someone came up and asked him about Senna. That might... Possibly. That might uh, be a little suspicious. But if he's in line... Yeah, Senna would be weird uh, because she's super deadsies. Um, but if 
if he was in line with the Heidelin people, Senna would be like the worst thing to be talking about. Yeah. So maybe maybe steer away from religious affiliation. Okay. Yeah. Um I'll ask him like Oh, you know what re- rich people really like to do? They like to make like show off do- show off donations to like orphanages and shit. Okay. That's good. Like, could you spare a few coins? And they'll be like, oh, yeah. And they'll give me, like, a handful and think it's a yeah. big deal. Oh, we could get I mean, money and... Yeah. Yeah. If you can work something, like... Because I don't think Kit and I are going to... I'm, like, real charming. I I know you are. I he know you are. genuinely is. He has a plus two to charisma. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's like, yeah, if I can't really write all that good so if one of you could like write me like a, a flyer or something that like says you know fund the building of you know this place for the kids or something like i could use that as like proof funny and you mentioned that i need to go to the stationery store anyway so let's make our way there while we're perfect. talking because i need a new journal to <laughs> practice yes you do mm-hmm. uh also, so while we're walking over there, I'm just like, so we need some sort of signal, I think, if we're not quite done yet. Like, if we are done, we should be like, caca or something like that. So, yeah. Something like that to be like, okay, we're done. You can go now. Okay. Um... But then if we if we don't give that signal, then you're going to have to keep doing what you're doing so if they're just throwing coins at you you might have to improvise a little bit we can do that oh, i can so pretend cool. to be a vendor hot bananas for sale hot bananas hot banana hot banana that's okay um <laughs> well um what sort of signal do you suggest it should probably be something quiet oh yeah probably that's what I was saying, like bird noises or something. Like that's <laughs> gonna sound weird coming out of a house. Well, if you're standing on the stoop, you can hear it. It's still gonna sound yeah, weird it's... coming out of the house. Yeah, people are gonna think there's a bird in the well, house. No, this is this is when we leave the house. Oh, um, when we're yeah, when we're okay. outside of the house and we're already done, then we can be yeah. like, Ka-ka! okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, is there a specific bird that we can sound like? You probably want to sound like one that's actually from here, but not super common. Yeah. Like, like, like an owl, because they won't be out during the day. Who? That's a pigeon. That's a pi- Who? 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 <laughs> oh my god, you guys. Ridiculous. That's, that's a tigger owl. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, uh, he, he nods. He says, yeah, like an owl. Well, nobody will think it's that weird. Like maybe a, bow, a barn owl woke up. But yeah, that'll work. Okay. Okay, we'll go. I'm really, I have really good. Just like work on it. <laughs> no, no, no! It's not in the front of your mouth. It's in the back. So it's. You use the back of your tongue. It's like. It not. 
don't put that much air it's, into it's it. And he's like it's... trying to coach you through it. He's like, he's like apparently a master of bird calls. He's just like, <laughs> it's canon. Right, this, it's canon. This, this is how you do it. It'll he, be like, a work in progress. He, like shows you, he like pulls down his bottom lip and like shows you and like. Oh. 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 <laughs> Better. All right. Yeah, oh my god, out, you are out. fucking killing me. Holy we'll shit. You're a baby by now. It'll be yeah. fun. Oh my god. <laughs> so, you guys, along this whole way to Lord Tanner's yeah, place, we're just been, going we, we have to go get those journals, too. Yeah, uh, yeah, you guys stop down the way at the courier's office, and you can pick up pretty much any paper and writing supplies you need. I would like a uh, bound journal. With unlined yeah. pages. Can do. Okay. Um, yeah, Bull picks up a few with lined pages because he's practicing. Uh, you Does he get the get ones with, like, the... The uh, the dashes? Yeah, the, like, the regular line and then the dash line and then the regular line you again. You do so he notice that he does get a couple with dashes and a couple blank. Solid. Um, and he picks up actually some like art style supplies there too, like um, like charcoal. Uh, well, charcoal is a normal writing instrument. Um, like more like drawing pencils that are actual graphite. Um, and you see him pick up a couple other things like colored pencils, and he just quietly, almost like he's embarrassed of it, just like tucks everything away. Yeah. Um, and uh, you guys, you can get every... You just want one journal? Uh, yeah, just one will be fine. Okay. Um, you can get two for a copper. Oh, shit. I'll just get two. Pretty cheap. I'm also going to get some, like, stationary, like, a stack of loose paper and maybe, like, some pens or okay. something. Yeah. Um, for a nice just... ballpoint. <laughs> well, like no a quill or whatever. Um, yeah. You can get a set with like a vial of ink and a nice couple of quills and a quill knife for like two copper. Oh, well, that's what I'm going to do because I will need something to write with. Yeah. Okay. I'll just yeah, do there's, that. there's quills, there's fountain pens, um, <gasps> and there are uh, charcoal and graphite pencils. Fountain pens are like a silver each because they're they're big deal. Uh, they're changing the world. Um, they are. They literally they are. Literally are. Uh, literally. I got I got the quill and ink. Just I'm going <laughs> all old of school. them. All of them instead of Japan on the side of them, they say Constanos. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, they probably San all brand. have just a San's stamp on the side. Yeah. They do say JD San. Uh, yeah. Of course. No wait, no. Charles invented fountain pens, so it's actually actually uh, this. Uh, what's his company called? Um, it's the Grim something. Oh, it's called the Grim Works. Mm. Are these two just like Bill and Melinda Gates or something? They're just like super <laughs> big nerds, and they're also like um, everywhere, and they own everything. Yes. <laughs> They are the <laughs> premier inventors in the world. Jessison discovered how to physically, not magically, harness steam power, electricity, things like that. She's basically making impossible tasks 
that normally people couldn't do without magic. She's making it possible for the normal person to do it. Um, She's the maker of steamships. She's reinventing airships without magic. Um, I mean, you know that. You fucking met met her. That's true. She had the coal power airship, the Kestrel. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, you didn't. Kit didn't. But yeah, she's... uh, And then Charles Grimm, who is her husband, uh, is her was her assistant for a long time uh now he kind of works with her but not assisting her he's she's a magic user she's a sorceress it's well known but he has been a mechanical engineer his whole life and so he has recently created the fountain pen um he's created the typesetting machine Oh. Uh, and he has created the what is called the auto writer also known as a typewriter among many other things. But yeah. It's going straight from Quill and Ink to cell phones. They're they're kind of maybe Bill Melinda Gates-ish, but also a little bit of like Touch of Steve Jobs. Yeah. Basically all the greatest inventors that I could rolled into one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and Tesla. A lot of Tesla in Yeah, Jesse I Son. was gonna say Elon Musk. A lot of Tesla. I'm like, he's such a tool, so no, yeah. it's actually but, Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, that Tesla. Yeah, real okay. Tesla. I thought you meant like the company. Tesla. Not not that bitch. Actual Tesla. Actual Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. Um yes. no, Jessa San is definitely like Tesla if he were happy. Oh. Mm. Which is potentially more dangerous because she likes to blow shit up. Potentially. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to go to the estate? Yes. Okay. Up to y'all. Let's go to the estate. Let's go to the estate. Taking, let's go. We're taking the hobbits to the the Isengard. I don't know. Um, <laughs> they're taking the hobbits to Isengard. To Isengard. Taking the hobbits to Thank you. Um, so you guys make your way along to the uh, estate along the North Shore. Uh, Lord Tanris's estate is a large uh, stone-walled-in uh, sort of area. It's pretty square, um, and it stretches for about, I don't know, acre sizes. So it's about a mile-by-mile mile estate. Whoa. It's fairly fucking big. Um, and out way, way out in the middle of this vast partially wooded, partially grassy uh, estate is this weirdly smallish mansion. I mean, if mansion can be small. Um, but it's a wide set structure that's only two stories tall, uh, except for a couple turret towers on the back corners. Um, you can see even from the distance of like the front gate, it's like a, it's like a road down to a plantation house oh, kind Jesus. of setup. Um, where one side is wooded in that's it, that it's an orchard. One side is uh, kind of grassy, but you can see there are rows uh, cut out of the ground for actual gardens. Uh, there's a lot of flowers and like rare plants growing in there. Um, in the back right quadrant, you can see stables, some buildings like a blacksmith uh, and a corral. And in the back left quadrant, you can see what is 
comparable to like parade grounds it's like the area when he throws his parties this is where they take place it's got like a fountain it's got a gazebo it's got a bandstand that kind of thing um but the house is definitely like the jewel of the estate where it's uh also the uh timber frame sort of tudorian style uh on the second level the first level is entirely built out of red and gray stone bricks uh the roof is made with clay shingles which are really super expensive especially in post calamity harris um, and you can see off around the grounds there are a few people patrolling around few people riding horses um yeah uh, it is, I think with how much time you guys have spent sort of mucking around, uh, it's like 8 a.m. at this point. So people, the town is waking up at this point um, as you approach. Uh, so as we come up to this like giant estate and I can see all this stuff and like all the guards and everything and the house is super far away. I kind of turn to selfie and I'm like, uh, are we sure we want to break into here? I mean, it is a little intimidating. Yeah, it's, uh, the house is so far away, and it's not like there's anything to hide behind. Well, uh, yeah, I don't have any like invisibility anything. I the best I can do is help us be stealthy, but I don't know how stealthy we can be walking down the driveway. Yeah. You do have an orchard to your left. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. But keep in mind there are orchard trees. They're small. Mm -hmm. You can get some cover through there. Um, but yeah, for a stealth check out in the open, uh, I, I won't give you disadvantage for it, but I will give guards like advantage to see you because... Mm -hmm. It's that open land. The orchard would allow you to, like, dart between trunks if you so chose. But you would also look more suspicious if you were seen. True. Um, I mean, I could just charm <clears throat> whoever tries to catch us. That's basically all I got. Yeah, but are you going to be able to table? charm all of the guards when they all start telling the other ones they're crazy? Um... Hold, oh, I might actually. So, I could be able to charm up to three people if I use my third level spell slot. If they all fail. For it. Yes. That's not really good odds. It's not. Um, but we could we could just take Tamar to Enik. And just leave them there. Maybe the spell will break once we get too far away. Or he could, you know, turn all blue-eyed again and stab us when we sleep. I mean, we'll just kill him. Oh, you know, whatever. I mean, okay. what, what else are we going to do? Is that what you want to do? This, this seems like a suicide mission now that I look at it. I thought this was going to be like surrounded by other houses like maybe with something not guarded well and like a senile old butler like this is... Will you both please make me a perception check? Oh god. Oh god. 
11. 8. Okay. Um, standing not too close to the front of the estate, it does butt up against a main street. Um, at least the, the gates to it do. Um, you do, Kit, you do notice that on the front of the gate, uh, there's this decorative sort of shield that sits into the metal that splits in half when you open it. Mm-hmm. You do notice a comet symbol in the corner of the shield. It's very mm. small. I pointed out to Sylphie. Now, is that just a house crest? Is this a cover-up? I... Or... It's not part of the crest. Oh, okay. It's, or is it's... the... Did maybe I'll take out the pendant. House. I'll take out the pendant and compare it just to make sure. Um, aside from some artistic like style, uh, stylistic differences, it's the same. Okay. Maybe we should just speak to him directly instead of breaking in. How much do you think he's actually going to tell us directly? I mean, we can oh, get I the warden. Of truth him. We could get the wardens involved and just yeah. Is that really going to do anything? I mean, at least he would believe that we're not just a bunch of assholes like we are. Well, we have our warden's badge, right? We can use that. That's true. I could also use Zone of Truth. Yeah. Zone of Truth. Just to give you an idea of what it looks like, guys. Yeah. I mean, Ben and I are already going to recognize this. Yeah. But it looks very much like the meteor symbol from Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. It's that same uh, sort of shape. Uh, but in this case, it is a comet, and it's moving across, mm-hmm. like, at an upward diagonal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe we should just... We don't have to drill him for information. I think... Seeing that symbol makes me think that the Heidelin cult has somehow infiltrated his estate. He may not even know this is going on. Wonderful of you to believe in the goodness of civilization. I almost said humanity, but I don't know if he's human or not. Well, true. I mean, All right, how about this? Try. Let's go and talk to him, and if we can't get in, then we'll fuck off. All right, we'll try. Okay. We're gonna... Is the gate open? Um, it is closed, but it's not locked shut. Hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> let's... Is there anyone standing guard? Uh, not at the gate itself, no. Oh, okay. Can I just... Just push it open. Push it open and start walking up to the house? If you recall, Lord Tanners currently has a shortage of guards. That's right. I recall now. Um, which I tell Sophie, he has a shortage of guards. And then we continue walking towards the house. <laughs> so okay. I think we could... Do you just walk room. out in the open? Yes. Okay. I don't want to look suspicious. You make your way don't down the cobblestoned road uh, carriage suspicious. entrance to the... Uh, there's a roundabout at the very end where like the carriage pulls around to drop people off at the front and pulls around. Um, there are cobbled roads going to each quadrant. Uh, so 
it's fairly easy to get around this place, but you make your way up to the front. Um, instead of the classic fountain sitting in front of the mansion, uh, you actually see that it is a gigantic uh, sculpture. Um, it is a large double helix statue with a suspended stone orb in the center that you don't know how it's held up mm. in the very middle. Um, but I, these- like, I like look at my staff. I look at the statue and I'm like, huh, that's similar. Weird. Um, yeah, the, the double helix seems to be made of like white stone, like diorite, mm-hmm. um, whereas the central sphere appears to be made of like slate. So it's very dark. Mm. Um, and if you watch it long enough, you can actually see it bobbing up and down ever so slightly. Um, but on a little plaque at the very front of the statue, uh, it is simply titled the uh, the Divine Gate. Oh. Can Just I, thought you should know. Can I walk up to the statue and touch it? What part of it do you like, touch? Poke the ball in the center. Um, you have to actually get up on the plinth to do it, but you can just get your fingers to it. Perfect. It's, it's big. Uh, but yeah, you, you climb up on the plinth in the middle of the state and just reach in and touch the ball. It drifts back ever so slightly and then corrects itself. Can I see like any wires or is it? Nope. It is magically suspended. Mm. Cool. I like just hop back down and we keep going towards the house. It made your fingertips tingle ever so slightly cool you are now paralyzed no i'm kidding um, <laughs> uh yeah you make your way around to uh the sort of hedge hedge edged building uh and there's a lot of beautiful like rose bushes that are coming into bloom um they're all painted red and uh <laughs> the front door is a huge sort of glass arch Um, with just uh, panels of wood to sort of provide the structure. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can see straight through the doors into the main, uh, into the foyer, the foyer, foyer, uh, and through to a sort of central room that could be treated as a ballroom, but it's a little on the small side. Um, Inside, you can see a couple people like pass the door um do you guys do you guys knock i yeah. i will knock okay doot, doot, doot. and uh at first there's nobody seems to notice and bull comes up next to you says should we ring is there a doorbell yeah and he points up to um you see on either side of the sort of extended doorway entry there are two gargoyle statues like classic gargoyles Mm -hmm. and one of them is holding a large bell and there's a rope hanging down oh yeah i pull on it hardcore you you pull it and it rings super loud and finally someone comes to the door you see them before they even get there it is a very beautiful young uh sun elven girl with uh, long red hair in a very smart like steward's outfit black and white um, and she comes and opens the doors they open inward she says uh, good morning how can I help you 
Good morning. We're with the Wardens, and we'd like to speak to Lord Tanris, please. Well, the Lord is currently busy. Uh, can I take a message, or can I help? Uh, we kind of need to speak to him directly. It's urgent. There were a lot of people murdered in town today. Oh. Um, please, come in. I'll, I'll gather the master for you. And she, she brings you in uh, to, the, to the, the foyer. And I don't know why I have to make fun of that word I every don't know time. <laughs> Into the foyer, if you're, mm, foyer. If you're American. Into the mudroom. Um, it's definitely not Oh my god. Um, yeah, Disney, she please don't in. sue us. Oh my god. Hey, <laughs> I only did it for like three seconds, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, she brings you in and immediately she claps her hands and uh, you see two uh, halflings come around the corners um, dressed in similar outfits. Uh, one a younger woman, one an older uh, male uh, halfling with a short beard shaved head. And uh, they come in, and the elven woman says, um, Lydia, would you please uh, fetch Lord Tanris? There is an emergency with the wardens. Please, quickly. And the woman nods and takes off. And to the other one, she says, And will you put a kettle on for our guests? And he nods, takes off. And she turns to you and says, May I take any coats, bags? Ah, oh, I'm good. I I'm travel good. light. Yeah, and Bull, like, looks down at himself just in his vest, and he's like, um, uh, I'm good. <laughs> and she's like, very well, um, please, follow me, I'll show you into one of the parlors. And she what? brings you through the central small ballroom area, where you see, like, outside, there's a double helix staircase that goes into the second level, um, and... It appears to be floating when you look at it from underneath, but there's a spherical crystal chandelier hanging from the ceiling uh, that gives off this very gentle light. It is clearly enchanted. Um, and she takes you off to the right side to a beautifully decorated sort of reds and golds uh, Gryffindory uh, parlor that has several sofas around a long coffee table, several shelves of books plants, busts of people that you don't know, uh, paintings. And she offers for you to sit down. She says, um, we will bring tea in a moment. Any other refreshments I can offer? I just ate. I'm good. Thank you, though. Yeah, I'm super good. I'll sit down, uh, and if there's, like, a little ottoman thing, I'm gonna kick my feet up on it, too. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, she Kit tries kind of to looks find at you. <laughs> she kind of looks at your dirty boots as you do that and doesn't say anything. Um, <laughs> Kit tries to Kit find do? the hardest thing to sit on that there is. It would probably be the coffee table. That seems <laughs> rude. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stand on the coffee table. On the floor. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, and Sitting on the coffee comes... table is rude, but standing on the coffee table, acceptable. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bull comes in and he like looks around all the furniture and he sees like a big armchair. He's like, yeah, that won't collapse. And he goes and sits in it. Yeah, that won't um, collapse. <laughs> uh, but the elven woman nods. She says, um, if you need anything, my name is Cersei. And um, just call. And she takes off. 
Okay, first of all, real life shit. I don't trust anybody named Cersei. Yeah, for real. I've never seen Game of Thrones, so I've no. Oh idea. no, I'm not talking well, about Game of Thrones. The Odyssey, I'm talking about like, Sabrina. Like they had I've, the goddess Cersei in there, and she was a bitch. Don't trust. Oh yeah, Cer- Cersei in uh, in mythology is. Uh, She's in the Odyssey. Yeah. Okay. No, She's literally a nothing about her. Greek goddess. I just yeah. picked a fucking She's, Irish name. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She okay. is. Uh, I believe she is a person who keeps Odysseus like trapped on her island against his own volition and stuff. Like, I don't remember. Yes. Specifically, I don't remember. The Greek hero Odysseus visited her island <laughs> with his companions, whom she changed into swine. Yeah, to pigs. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you spell the Greek Circe? C-I-R-C-E. Yep, that. No, that's okay. Okay, I'm talking about the the Gaelic Cersei that looks nothing like that. Oh, Oh. sorry. Okay. Like Cersei Ronan. That's Saoirse. Oh, that's Saoirse. Saoirse. Sorry. Sorry. Saoirse. I know, it's hard to... Saoirse. It's hard to pronounce. (laughs) It doesn't look anything like that. No, it doesn't. It's like, what's that other weird name that looks like Cybahane, but it's actually like... Oh, Siobhan? Siobhan, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, her name is Saoirse. Okay. Um, but she, she takes off. Um, yeah, and you guys are left pretty much on your own uh, for a few minutes. The, the parlor is open to the ballroom, so like if anybody glanced in, they could see you, but you're pretty much alone. There's not a lot of foot traffic in here. Okay. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm gonna. Anything you want to do while you wait? Twiddle my thumbs. I want to look at the room. Make a perception check. Okay. You can too if you would like, Alicia. Sure. Right. Natural one. I have suddenly gone blind. You... Oh my god! I just got a natural one too. Okay, both of us so are here's, dead. Here's what happens. <laughs> here's what happens. You both like glance around the room, like not saying anything interesting. And then a large painting on the back wall catches your attention. It is a gorgeous piece. Um, it depicts uh, a woman nude, which not anything new for art. Um, but she is lounging against this like uh, silk-covered marble uh, chair. And uh, she has this long flowing black hair. Um, the silk, which, uh, the silk is red, um, sort of this dark, like, burg- almost burgundy color, uh, sort of wraps over her very carefully mm. in, you know, certain places. Um, but next to her, you can see she's super muscly, and she has these heavy tattoos down one half of her body, except for her face. Um, her hair, this long black hair is shaved at the sides and back in like, a, in, sorry, at one side in a fade. Um, and she's reaching out with this like burly hand and resting her hand on the pommel of a massive stone war hammer. And in the background behind her, she seems to be sitting on this like plinth in a field of glass or water. You're not sure what it is. And in the background, you see the red moon uh, Zerda, or Zeta, uh, with the pale minor moon orbiting around it. And Kit, you would know right off the bat that this is supposed to be Zerai. Mm-hmm. 
but you've never seen her depicted like this. Um, typically, uh, Dalmarig artists will depict her in like her still not super like hefty, but like mm-hmm. full clothing and armor. Yeah. Um, and like the furs and chainmail she wears. And they'll usually, oftentimes, she's depicted with her arms crossed and kind of a smirk mm-hmm. on her face. This is like the Romanized version yeah. of this Zarai. Is like taking where she's, Freya and like sticking her in like a yeah. Roman, a romanticized painting from like the yeah, 1800s. So she's like, she's like lounging and she's got one hand on her chest and the other on the pommel of the <laughs> hammer. My and God. with that very like, kind of expression um which is not zarai at all you've always seen her depicted as like her teeth bared and like this Mm. smile because she's a goddess of war yeah uh or like smirking uh i really like this idea of like a goddess in that weird scene in titanic or not a goddess like a viking there's like a viking woman and then it's like draw me like one of your french girls it's It's very weird It's like if somebody took, like, the most gritty, like, ancient god and made them part of the Sistine Chapel. It's, yeah. to you, it's kind of disgusting, because it's, it's the scolifying of <gasps> your gods. So upset right now. It, it's like the it's like the Romans taking over the Greek pantheon. I get that. Yeah. Oh no, that's all you um, had to say. I I get it. But now. yeah, she's she's gorgeous. But you also notice she doesn't have any of her her scars, mm-hmm. which is like blasphemy. It's like white to take Jesus. those away from her. Uh, yeah, basically, she's also much paler than usual. Mm-hmm. Zariah is a dark, like reddish skinned woman. Um, oh. she's, she's Dalmarig so she or she made herself in the image of the Dalmarig people mm-hmm. um, she previously we're going off on a tangent here but basically yeah, religion um, she was originally like a solid like black like onyx skinned goddess mm-hmm. but after the Monomar uh, your people and the Dalmarig who came from them uh, came into the world Uh, She loved them so much that she said, instead of you being in my image, I shall be in yours. And so she changed herself to look like them. And her tattoos are in their style. Um, But the hammer, thankfully, is normal. Mm. Um, You're not sure why, because it kind of sticks out in the painting. It's this solid block of literal moonstone, the moon hammer. Um, that's like geometric, uh, uh, like a rectangle on a long steel pole. It looks really out of place with her, mm-hmm. but who the fuck knows what the dude was thinking? But this is what you guys get caught on. Mm. So as... I'm assuming Sylvie doesn't know like any of that stuff. No. So this is what happens. You guys look at it and you hear Kit go, oh, fuck no. And he starts ranting about it, and you guys are just distracted for a good like ten minutes. Yeah, and then uh, you've Sil- never heard Kit get this angry. <laughs> Sylphie, Sylphie, in her mind, like she's not saying anything, but in her mind, she's like, "Hey, hey, hey titty." <laughs> There's only one nipple showing. Oh, it's acceptable. Dang. Only well, one yeah, nipple. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Zarai's typically never depicted naked unless the story specifically calls for it, so it's real weird. Okay. Um, your kit is just kind of glad that there doesn't seem to be an LN version because that would be fucking blasphemy. 
uh, Zarai's wife, the mm. goddess of the pale moon. Gotcha. Um, but uh, yeah, so you guys are just kind of, well, Kit is going off about this painting for a good 10 minutes before you hear footsteps approaching. And the halfling man comes in with a tray of tea and he sets it down for you guys with like little biscuits and scones and cakes. Um, very, very bougie. Um, oh God. They're decorated with rose petals. I think uh, oh, uh, Sylvie Christ. takes like a little cake and she takes it like very daintily, but she like eats it like, like, She's like oh, how lovely. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. And the, the halfling man just bows to you guys before leaving. Um, Kit is it, just like fucking fuck. They had a goddamn <laughs> Stupid painting and these You're right. fucking crackers. Oh my You're god! So... <laughs> I mean the crack. Cool. I mean the crackers that came with the tea. Oh, I'm okay. not saying crackers. Okay. I was gonna say not all skull. Oh white. my god! In fact, only half of Thanks, them. Thanks, guys. <laughs> wow. I don't know. You were going up. No, I meant the crackers with the fucking rose petals. These bougie ass bastards. There's also cake. You could say cake. <laughs> This fucking tiramisu. <laughs> God damn it. Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Yeah. <laughs> the, those are my three daughters. Tiramisu. Oh my God. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway. Um. <laughs> the Silphy takes another cake and like shoves it in her mouth and she's like, they're pretty good. You should try them out. Like, they are know, actually quite nice. I know you're like upset about your 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 titty girl or whatever, but like it's your titty girl. <laughs> I know I know what a Dolmarig would say to that, but <laughs> go for it. Nope. Silence. Done. The Savros rages within Kit. I mean, Sylvie doesn't know any of His sister-in-law, how dare you? How dare um, you? Well, his sister-in-law's wife. Same difference. Same, yeah. Anyway. Six one, half dozen the other. Uh, after a total of about 20 minutes of complaining and eating, uh, <laughs> uh, you finally hear the distinct sound of a different set of shoes approaching all of the servants you've noticed all their shoes are very clicky um you hear like the dull thud of leather boots approaching um and into the archway followed by a very well very well dressed like tiefling in red robes uh with purple skin and a white dragonborn in similar robes um they are on either side of a human man, uh, older, probably in his like late fifties, uh, long white hair in a just like low ponytail in the back, uh, well trimmed beard. Uh, his mustache is like especially well done, and he has like the chin cut out in what are those called chops? Yeah, yeah, chops. Um, Mutton chops, I don't know. But with oh, a mustache. Wait, ch mutton chops, chops are, are like up here. Over here. Chops with mustache. So Oh, but not this. Uh, not it's chin. like the it's like oh, the Hulk Hogan. Yeah, no, that's like the weird no. like all I can think of is like those seventeen hundreds like plantation owner thing they always Yeah, show. I think it's sometimes like referred Civil to War as era. like the Ulysses Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. It, I'm like, just thinking Matt gone Mercer, with the wind. 
like Matt Mercer in Undeadwood. That's an uh, actual reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, um, the Clayton Sharp. Um, yeah, but yes, he he's got he's got that. Um, you can see that he uh, is pretty tired. He's got these heavy bags under his eyes. Um, fairly pale, uh, like uh, fairly pale, and uh, dressed in a fine like captain's coat, uh, double-breasted, uh, with dark trousers, leather boots. He looks like he could be a sailor, but you don't know. Um, several rings on his fingers, and he steps in uh, with these really piercing blue eyes and looks at your group. It says, all right, why have I been summoned? Okay, I'll go first. Uh, so we're from the, we're from the Wardens. Flash the badge. Flash the badge. Oh, I thought you had it still. No. Are you sure? I flashed the badge. I don't know who has the badge. Somebody flashes the badge. I think you badge. have the badge. pretty sure Kit does. Okay, yeah. I flashed the badge. Um, we're from the Wardens. Uh, I have some information that may be of use to you, but I have one single question first. There is yes. a symbol of Senna on your gate. Yes. Are you a part of the people who are follow her? I don't understand your question. Do you Do you worship her? Are you a follower of Senna? Can you worship a fallen god? I some you people sure? do. Well, and he motions to the painting on the wall um and says I am rather a follower of all of the Balin gods, so I guess the answer is yes. How do you feel about the Heidelin cult? The Heidelin cult? Have they done something? How do you feel about them? Before I answer that question. Well, I would rather they all burned in fire. Okay, well, uh, you hired one. Your treasurer... Liz. I think you're mistaken. I'd uh, like to I... run an insight check if I could. Okay. I'm we'll just... continue this in just a second. I'm just gonna like sit in the background and just be like a thief. Insight. 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 Sixteen. Keep appears to be genuine. He thinks it's a mistake. Uh, well, I took... We had a strange series of events in the past couple of days and a lot of robberies, and it was found that Liz was involved, and I took her into the warden's office, where she promptly told me that I had no idea what I was dealing with, disappeared killed multiple people, almost killed the leader of the wardens, and almost killed our witness. And then, uh. the next day, we were attacked by seven people in who were confirmed to be in the Heidelin cult, and the only one that got away was the leader. Which, we don't you, know if that was her or not. It's not you a good look. are mistaken. She is not with them. Okay, well, she still murdered some people, so it's a little, like, not great. What are your names? Uh, and why do you want to steps know? Steps forward, yeah. and he offers a handout and says, 
Lord Edward Tanris. Kit, but I don't shake his hand. Very well. Selfie. And he looks at Bull. And Bull just says, Bull? <laughs> My name's Bull. <laughs> he he's kind of scared of this oh. guy actually he's like put off by him mm. um, and Lord Tanner nods he says well Kit Sylphie Bull you don't know what you've gotten yourselves involved with I would rather we spoke about this in more private quarters this is your house how private could it be? Get. I would rather the servants not be involved because they like to talk. Ah. Okay. Get oh. them out of here then. Okay. Fair enough. I suppose asking you to come to my office would be too forward. And he okay. steps to the archway of the parlor and just bellows across the house. He says, everyone, everyone out. Now, I don't care what you're doing. Get out. And... You see several, like, heads poke around corners, looking confused. And the uh, elven woman who brought you guys in, who appears to be the head of the house, um, she comes out, she says, Is there something wrong, sir? And he says, Remove everyone from the house. Uh, We have private business to attend to. And she kind of looks taken aback. She's like, Yes, yes, sir. And he says, Private business. And she sort of gives him this look like, Oh, and she quickly goes and gathers people and, like, herds them out of the house. Um, eventually, the mansion goes quiet. And the elven woman does return and stands at his side. Uh, she has a leather book under one arm. Uh, and he turns back to all of you. says, I assume, then, you know what happened to Garen. We know he's super deadsies along with all of his family. Well, the place you are mistaken is that Liz is one of us. Who who is us? We are part of an older order from Amnoblin, the Sentinels. Oh, like Garen's wife. No, Garen himself. His wife was a chaser. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Garen was the same. I thought they were both part of the same deal. No, she was part of the Guild of the Gates. Uh, he was ah, Asa. That's right, that's right, that's right. Okay. But, okay, before we go any further here. Yes? I Not to say that I don't trust you and think you're not telling you the truth. Not. Oh, cool. Uh, that's not a weird thing for someone to say, but you all right. You should trust no one. Okay, fair enough. You know what? You're a man after my own heart. Uh, but I... Young. Okay. Wasn't making Good a move God. or anything Just say like what that. you need to say. Do you mind if I zone of truth all of us? All of us. Well, all three or all four stand in a little zone full of truth. That won't work in here. Why? Because I have protections against such things. While I do not intend to lie to you, I also do not intend to answer every question and tell you everything about what we're doing. We are part of an old society called the Sentinels. 
We have served the goddess Senna since the days of the Manamar when they first arrived. We are part of the Manaholt Order, a secret division, mostly. But obviously, not so secret anymore with the two of you, three of you, rather. Yeah, not really. We are here trying to exterminate the Hydaelyn cult on this island. If Liz struck out against you, she would have either had reason to believe that you were part of the Hydaelyn cult yourselves, or that you were threatening her mission, in which case, Sentinels kill. So, what was her mission? Her mission, I've just told you, is to exterminate the Hydaelyn presence on Eris Holm. Okay. So she lashed out at Kit when basically we were going to, I don't know, find out. She didn't attack me. She just disappeared. But then multiple people ended up dead. She hurt other people. They didn't see her. Who did she hurt? There's a dead deputy, the witness, Tamar, and then the leader of the warden. Uh, Zed. So she killed the deputy. Yes. I go. Okay. We've been after him for a while. Oh. Um, oh. As oh. for this Zed, I imagine we have no problem with the marshal, but he does often step in our way, and unfortunately, sometimes there are casualties. Then what about? The orc Tamar, because you Tamar. know him, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. I know exactly who he is, and he is extremely dangerous. He's not dangerous of his own volition. I'm aware. So you thought it was just necessary because he had some curse on him that was standing in the way of your mission. You were just going to kill him. You really don't know anything of what you've stumbled into. No, how that's why the, we're talking to you. How in the world did you get mixed up in this? We took a job to hunt for Tamar, and Money. then you took followed, the bounty, and then we followed yeah, the breadcrumb which Garen posted. Mm-hmm. So forgive us if this is all a little freaky, and we don't quite know whose side is what. I told Garen not to involve outsiders. No wonder he's dead. Well, if you would like to explain what Tamar has to do with any of this. Do either of you know what a walker is? Isn't that just a fancy word for zombie that some some things like to... No, not in the slightest. They're not undead. Um, Kit, you can make a history or religion check. Okie doke. Ah... Let's do history, and it's 14. 14? Mm-hmm. You have heard of walkers. <clears throat> um, you don't know the details, uh, but they are not undead. They are a... What's the word for it? A puppet. Basically, a person who has been killed, taken over, and resurrected. Oh, Oh fuck! Oh, they are still themselves, mm-hmm. but like a sleeper agent, the puppet master 
can engage anytime they want and take over. But they, they've already died. They've died, but they're alive. It's like, resurre- it's resurrection. It's not necromancy. Or, so well, technically like resurrection is necromancy if you look in the books. Yeah. No, they're not vampiric. They're living people. They've just they been are, brought back to life. They are themselves, but it is as if someone has implanted just a little something in their head that they can flip a switch and suddenly they have full control of them. Is there any way, I asked Tanris this, is there any way to disconnect him? You must kill the puppet master, and then you must kill the puppet and resurrect them again. Oh, I can't do that. So, are you trying to say that the Heidelin cult did this to Tamar? Yes. About two months back. But why okay. would they... He had a, a whole bunch of just gold and garbage like what do they want with all that funding okay i guess that makes sense the hydaelyn cult is not exactly hidden and so they must resort to strange means of making their money they can't simply coerce all of their members to pay for everything even though they do manage quite a bit of that no, there are many Heidelin cult members who work honest jobs to fund the cult's activities. And then there are some very powerful uh, magic users who have other people do it for them, either with charms or being turned into a walker. Walkers are not very common. They're very hard to make, and they can only be made in certain places. Tamar comes from the... Well, his being a walker comes from the city of Taldunost in Amnoblin. He was changed there after he was killed, and then he was transplanted here. Would that you... explains that wound that he never told his brother about. Oh yeah, the stab wound. Uh-huh. Would you? You know, not to be, like, a gossip or anything like that, but would you be willing to, like, name drop some people that you know are in the Highland cult? That would depend on what you would do with that information. Uh, nothing. (laughs) Maybe murder them if we came across them. Yeah, yeah. hmm. Generally, I don't share this kind of information with outsiders. But what if? But there is no but. Oh, that that generally kind of seems like when there's a but. You well, if you can give that. me a good excuse, maybe. At this at this very moment, you seem to be too wandering. Maybe deputy wardens who just happened past a very strange rabbit hole. How much do you know about the Arbiters? Quite a lot. It's part of my job to monitor them as they are often intertwined with the Hydaelyn cults and sell them slaves. We are going after some pretty big people in the Arbiters. 
So it's what kind of say a... your name once again. Sylvia Phelan. Altera, aren't you? Okay, well, cool. We're just, you know, looking right past the veil, I guess. So, what gave it away? Well, the moment you said Sylphie, and I'd heard of an Altera in these parts. I mean, Alistair's here, too. No, he's back in... Alistair Altera is not mid-court. on the island. He's oh, he's mid-court. mid-court, mid-court. Yeah. And since uh, uh, Wedna... Alistair is uh, Altera, good lord uh, Wenna Altera is currently in Moore's Rest with her lover Yeah. and uh, Alistair's son, whatever he is bastard son, uh, is lurking around the area but he's well, oh, uh, um, uh, Hi, hi, hello Yes What? <laughs> what? What did you just know? Okay you think Alistair Altera does not have children his wife does not know about? Oh no. <laughs> uh, I thought we killed them all. No, they were. They aren't his biological kids, I don't think. Redner and Flynn? No. Yeah. They. As far as you know. Uh, Wedna and Al- Alistair never had kids. They're not Together. talking... They're, yeah. <laughs> they're not talking about Redner and Flynn. Redner not- and Flynn Altera are dead. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we- That's thanks to yours truly. We did that. Oh, wow. Cool, so you just know everything then, apparently. I know what I need to know about members of the Hydaelyn cult. Okay, great. So, are... What? Is Alistair part of that, then? Uh, not a member. Uh, a business partner. It's Wedna. Of course. And, of course, Silas Moore and his mother. They are some of the greatest contributors to the cause these days. And, uh, Alistair's son, Clay, he is of interest, because we believe he may have been accepted into their ranks, but we're not sure yet. So, alright. Hold on a sec. This guy, whoever the fuck. Clay. Clay, Clay, sure. We'll call him Clay. Uh, It is quite literally his name. Cool. So, codename Clay. Is he... So you said he was on this island, or is he... Where is he? Uh, he may be here still, but we believe he is headed back to Moore's Rest to do some dirty work for his father. Okay, Does is Wedna aware of this guy? As far as I know, not at all. He has How- only recently surfaced. How old is he? Uh, and he looks over at the elven woman. He says, uh, page 200. And she opens up the book um, and flips to page 200 and then starts flipping more pages. And she shows him a, a tiny, teeny, tiny handwriting entry. He glances and says, he's 16. Fuck. Question. Yes. Does Tamar have a brother? Theo? 
I'm asking Tanris. Yeah, he's asking you if you mean Theo. Yes. Yes, Theodore. Okay. Yes. Just making sure we're not being duped. They are not related to the Alteras. Okay. He was, he's a full orc. He's not a half orc. Correct. So it wouldn't be Alistair's kid. Oh, no, okay. they originate from Calica Harbor in Garrishell. Uh, is So is this kid human then? No. He is half orc. Uh, apparently, Alistair Altara took a liking to a particular uh, sailor who works around Port Vedric. And uh, as she moved up in the ranks, he seemed to take more and more notice of her and um, made it his business every summer or so to spend a few weeks with her. I'm sure that was uh, his business. Well... They continue this relationship. Uh, they seem rather close. I might even call it love if I thought Alistair Altera was capable of such a thing. Definitely not. But regardless, <laughs> Clay, her son, is, uh, of course, a uh, bastard child. And as such, he has never been close with his father. He's only seen him once a year or so. But now he apparently seeks to make his father proud. But I don't think he understands what he's getting himself into. Okay. That is code for, I believe, he doesn't intend to be such a monster as Alistair. But he's already trying to join the Heidelin cult? I don't think he understands what it is they do. So this is a potential we can spare him, maybe. Potentially. He has, well, potential. We would like to requisition him for the Sentinels, if possible. Or perhaps the uh, Guild of the Gate. But of course, now with uh, Garen and his wife removed from the picture, our best connection to the Guild of the Gate is now dead. Do you know where Tamar is? Yes. Like right now, he's in the Salt Side Tavern with his brother. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, he actually he actually chuckles at this. He thinks he says, "You think you're not being monitored ever since you stepped into this mess?" Fucking great. Well, awesome. there goes my idea for a deal. Cool. So a deal. <laughs> I. We need to get to Anik. Indeed. You've lost your ship, haven't you? If you know, then you know. Shame, actually. I quite... quite enjoy Captain Ziegler's work, but... he, uh... Yeah, well, takes care of his crew. Work. Mm. He's done a few jobs for me, though I don't think I'm he knew sure he was working has. for me. I'm sure he has. He's not a sentinel. He is just, a. Uh, Ship Bastard. For hire. Oh, yeah, that. Mm. I'm sure his parents weren't married when he was born, but I haven't had that much cause to look into it. I mean, I was speaking more in the colloquial sense. I'm aware sure. I'm being sarcastic. Cool. Wow. So, since you have everything, like, all figured out, so. 
I guess our work here is done, then. No, not at all. You still have a walker on your hands. I mean, on our hands? You're the one monitoring yes. him. You're yeah. the one sheltering him. We're just going to take him to Enik and let him go. No, you're not. Okay. Why then... not? I do not want a walker taken to the home of the people, the children of goddess, especially when he is the walker of a god who delights in killing other races. So... Olgar Heidelin and his followers are horrific people. I have no doubt about that. I'm wondering... So I am a paladin of Taldonost. Indeed. I wonder if maybe there's something when we go to Enik, because we're going there anyway, mm-hmm. if maybe there's a way that we can do something for him to break this. Well, for walkers, there are a couple of options. There's, of course, killing the puppet master, which still means you need to kill the puppet and resurrect. Uh... You can just leave the puppet dead. That solves everything. Though their soul is still bound until the puppet master is killed. There is the switching of tethers, which is difficult. And it must mean that whoever he is switched to is honorable enough not to take over his mind. Okay. I mean, we can try... I'm sure there are priests there that we can visit. I'm sure there's something we can do. It will take more than your garden variety priest to switch a tether. Tethers are beyond the mortal realm. Well, if we leave him here with you, I'm presuming, what are he you going to do? We'll die. That's what I thought. And if we can find his puppet master within two weeks, we'll bring him back. But if we cannot, he will stay dead. His puppet master will die either way. All right. Um, conference. The Three Amigos conference. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he turns and walks out in... That's where we're going to take a break. Okay. Because okay. we've gone over by like a half hour. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right. We'll be back in we'll... like 10 minutes. Okay. Boy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hello. Oh. All right. So, you guys are inside Lord Tanner's house. Uh,. Alone with him and his head of house. And uh, you've learned that he is very well aware of you guys. Everything. Not everything, but most things. Again, Sylphie doesn't like being seen, so it's like... (laughs) Well, you know, when you deal with an opposing uh, agency, I guess... A lot of secrets. Mm. Yeah. Secret secrets. 
All right. You said you guys wanted a moment alone as yeah. uh, to discuss things. So Lord Tanris and his head of house have gone across the ballroom so that you at least have the parlor to yourselves. Gotcha. Yeah, grip it and rip it. Baby. Baby. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, yeah, and then on the other side of the building, like, Lord Tanner's, like, just pops open, like, a, a beer. He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, He's, like, super fancy, but he just, like... Canning does exist in this world, but not pop tabs. Mm-hmm. All right. I need to yes and more. <laughs> You no, just know okay. and. Yeah. <laughs> I do know and, you, don't you I? know but, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys say something like, no, but actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, I feel like the, the, the theater per- person would yes and the world building nerd is like, no, but mm-hmm. this is better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at this, at some point, I'm going to have to be like, yeah, totes, it's canon. Yeah. Uh, so, so what are we, we gonna do? Yeah, I was gonna ask that. I kind of don't want Tamar to die, but at the same time, I don't, I don't know if we have a choice. I don't think he deserves it, but I don't. I kind of kicked the ottoman a little bit. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I literally don't know. Um, are we all just laughing at the applesauce? Yeah, we are. <laughs> Um, Listen, <laughs> I don't like my applesauce. Applesauce is important. Um, I, uh, the person I, I don't really feel that bad for Tamar, I feel more bad for Theo. I mean, I feel bad for Tamar too. I mean, yeah, he but didn't he ask already for it. died. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't make it a second you, death okay. Did you just eat your applesauce? <laughs> I have a garbage can on the other side of the room, so yes. I did. Did you actually hear that? No, I just saw you do it, and I it took everything I had not to go yeet, like when you did it. Yes, I did. This bitch empty. Yeet! Um, Uh, Thank you. Yeah. You fucking millennials. I know. Uh, I'm younger than you. R.I.P. Vine. Press F to pay respects. Um, So... I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I don't have a god to go ask. Do you want to text well, Whale Mom again? The only thing that I got of, out of Whale Mom was that like shit might be out of your control and you have to determine whether or not that's going to be worth your time and effort. So I'm probably gonna get the same response. Bull? What about you? Bull, You're part of this. Uh, <laughs> well, um, 
if we try to help Tamar our own way and get him out, we're making enemies of two groups. If we do it by the Sentinel guy's rules, then only one, but we do have to work with some pretty shady people. And if we don't do anything, nothing will change. Tomorrow will die anyway. I don't know. I, w I don't feel like it should be our choice to feel like it should be his. It's his life. He doesn't even know he's a walker. He you knows he's wrong. something now. He just doesn't know what it is. Well, I think... And I think his little brother should know because if it all goes bad, Thea's alone. Yeah. That's more what I'm worried about. Yeah. I don't know. You guys seem like... And this sounds kind of mean, but you guys seem like you're more invested in your own thing. Do you... do you care? I don't think we'd be having this conversation if we didn't. Well, I, I hope that was the case too, but... I care, but I don't want to die for this. I don't either. I got a lot of people to look after. This isn't a hill I'm willing to die on. Normally I wouldn't either, but I just don't... I don't like seeing... younger siblings... left alone. Well... The Hardwing Cult's a pretty big... thing to stand against, but if we agree to help out the Sentinels, it sounds like we have a lot of the same, well, we have another same enemy, the Arbiters. Maybe if we help them with this, they would help us with that. I mean... That's actually who, a really good idea. Who better to support to get rid of Alteras and Arbiters than someone who won't give up at it. You'd be like their perfect candidate, wouldn't you? Yeah. I guess so. I feel like this Lord Tenris, he's he's not telling us a lot of things. Yeah, and sure. I'm not the smartest man, but I know when I'm when I'm being persuaded to go in a certain direction so why don't we try to persuade him and ours we don't have anything to offer him we do we have our information that he might not know he may think he knows everything but he can't and you're formerly Sylvia Altera and you have a connection to Alistair and well apparently I don't know him as much about Alistair as I thought I did. I don't think most people do from the sounds of it, but I don't even know the guy even a little. I feel like this is a really layered situation, and maybe we should just focus on one at a time. 
and pick up friends where we can. If these sentinels are after these groups of people and trying to stop them from doing horrible things like slave trading, sacrificing people, bringing back, you know, crazy demigods, then they might be a little shady, but they don't sound all that bad. But this isn't my journey. I'm here to help. That's all I'm trying to do is just help. I know. So what should we do? Should we ask that he spare Tamar and we kill as many people as we can? Or can I mean... we ask him to spare him while we kill the puppeteer? Wherever that person may be. I would say we lay our chips out on the table. I can tell him whatever he wants to know about the Alteras. I can tell him whatever he wants to know about, I don't know, tell Donost or what, whatever I know. And we can, I don't know if, I don't want to make this decision by myself, but I, we could take- I can throw in some information too. Okay. I don't about, have any, um, but I can. About a Vinrith Corsair. Yeah, we have Corsair. <clears throat> but I guess we throw that information in and we say if we trade that in for tomorrow and we'll keep an eye on him and see if we can find the Puppet Master. It's another I... fucking thing that we have to do. I don't think he's going to allow Tamar to leave the city. I think we're going to have to leave him here. We can't... We're not going to be able to find this guy in two weeks. It's just not possible. No, if they kill him, if they kill Tamar, he'll, he's dead for, <coughs> for good. So... But we can't we take him to Enik. He, he made a really good point. We can't. He'll, he'll just go crazy and kill everyone, and then we'll have to kill tomorrow and not be able to find the puppeteer. So... We basically just find the puppeteer, mm -hmm. and that's it. Well, find the puppeteer and get can, rid of it. Maybe we can negotiate for them to, you know, let them keep tomorrow, but at least keep him alive. Yeah, that's what I'm getting if, at. Yeah, if they take everything from him, like that lockpick thing. I mean, that's how he's been doing all those crazy break-ins and being a phantom. If they take that from him and all his stuff, he can't do anything, even if he is taken over. Well, who's to say that they'll actually... I mean, they could be crossing their fingers behind their back, you know, for all we know. they. We can't know, we just have to There's no way people. we could know. Yeah, we'll have to trust people. You know, the the person who said, don't trust anyone, right at the top of our conversation. I feel like a person who tells you straight up that you can't trust him, that's exactly the person you can trust. I like your circular reasoning. It's nice. I wish it was that simple. I don't know. I don't deal with this kind of stuff. I'm an I entertainer. Know. 
I know. I'm like, I'm like the guy who sets up the stages. This is way beyond me. I'm just here to help if I can and try to make people happier. Let's I know. make let's make the deal. We're gonna right. we're we have nothing to lose. We're gonna lose tomorrow either way, and these Hydalin people have an X on our backs now. Alright. We fight for <clears throat> tomorrow to be kept alive. Alive mm -hmm. in the prison. It seemed like he wasn't getting out of there mm -hmm. before, so but yeah. Okay. Okay. Alright. And break. <laughs> Tanris. <laughs> Bull like two seconds later. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, as soon as you call out, uh, Tanris and his assistant come back and he stands in the parlor archway and says, Have you reached a decision? Yes. We're willing to work with you. But Perfect. we would like some stipulations. I assume so. We're going to try and find this puppet master but in the meantime we ask that you keep Tamar here alive mm. in the jail while we look for him and in exchange we'll tell you everything that you need to know I have information on the Alteras we have information on a whole <laughs> bunch of other stuff Venerith Courser, uh, you know, Kellogg. What's his butt? Kellogg. Yeah, you know Kellogg. Kellogg. Yeah, yeah I, we I had a run Blasted in. him in the face once. I'm actually quite interested in that. Um, and he he looks to uh, <laughs> Kit, says, and anything you can offer. I know some things about Tamar. Such as? How he's getting around. Interesting. Oh, and he looks at Bull. Uh, he looks at Bull and says, And what do you offer? And Bull looks at him and he's like, Well, I am. Um, I know the stuff about Vinrith Corsa from being a Phalon. And um, I know some things about. And uh, Lord Tanner is kind of like his eyebrows raised. He's like, Phalon, you say? can simply tell me about your people and I'd be quite interested to hear about that um and Ball kind of like pulls back a little bit he's like well what are you gonna do with that information and Tanneris sort of raises his hands sort of as if to soothe Ball he says consider it a personal curiosity I don't know what they are but they're clearly something interesting and I would like to know you don't get to lay a finger on anyone with the last name Phalon. Oh, I don't intend to harm a single one of them. They're actually quite lovely people. Alright. Well, well, that we have that information that we can give you. And in exchange, he stays alive. We kill the puppet master. We'll let you know if we find him. Hmm. And so I suppose that means I must supply you the information that I know about this puppet master. And yeah, ideally. Be. Well, and he looks at his assistant. 
And he says, what do you think, Ilana? Um, and she, you're starting to get the idea that she may be more than just an assistant as he's asking her opinion. Um, and she kind of flips open the book to another area and thinks for a moment. She says, I think it could be quite beneficial, especially considering we have an Altera here with us. And uh, he nods, says, well, then I suppose I must find you new passage to Anik. That would be helpful as well. That would be great. Very well. Um, um, yes? Oh, no, continue. I'm sorry. Passage to Anik, and then... Tomorrow's rest. Yes. I know I can get you as far as Wick upon Pine, but... Banding with Arbiters has never been my strong suit, even on the stealthy side. I may be able to connect you with someone of the Caskers who is adept at moving between their ranks. Okay. Uh, one of the, um, I believe they're called Tappers, the specific branch. But we will see if we can arrange that. I'll get you as far as Wick Upon Pine, and if we must, I'll, if my connection doesn't work, it will be up to you to get there. It should be much easier to get there from that city. And then, once you are done with this, um, journey to Moor's Rest, as a show of good faith, I'll get you there, get your mission done, and then you will make your way to Amnoblin. And I will supply you with information about the Puppet Master when you land in Sigurafia. Okay. Okay. That Hopefully, works. I will meet you there. But uh, another stipulation. Yes. I tell you what I know about the Alteras, and you tell me what you know about the family. Hmm. Well, I'd assumed we would compare notes anyway. Agreed. Is this good for everyone? I have one and small ask. Yes. If it's possible, I would like to make a quick stop in Ambero. Ambero. That is difficult, but not impossible. We only need to be there for a moment. Where's Ambero again? Uh, Ambero would have been your next stop. Oh, um, okay. Or, well, if oh, you could yeah, yeah, get yeah. through the typhoons, it yeah. would be your next stop. Yeah, that's uh, right, that's right. Okay. But, yeah, uh, it's a long way. Also, when we're Green's going back... March. <laughs> also, when we're going back to Amnoblin, it's not of utmost importance, but I would like to visit Teldonost. Considering that Tamar's... That's uh, where his puppet master came from there we may have you visit it anyway just to see if you can find out anything about the method used there's been a strange lack of information from Teldonast over the past few weeks something happened and we would like to know what it is something happened with Teldonast? Yes, In the a town tidal of... wave oh, okay. a tidal a wave hit the city but it only hit one tower. The rest of the city was protected and we don't know why. And we want to know why that tower specifically. It is as if a funnel appeared 
and sent the tidal wave beneath the city. There's something underneath. And ever since, the Hydaelyn cult activity there has gone quiet. Uh-oh. Someone's got the title staff. Did you do you say okay. that out loud? No, no, oh my okay. god. No, I know who has the title staff. Yeah. No, you don't, trust me. Oh no, I know the, the other one. Other but Jack's Jack's staff. new, but yeah. Yeah. Alright. Uh Bull. Anything you want to throw in there while we're throwing stuff in there? Um. Can we know, like, what and who the Sentinels actually are? And, uh. Tanner sort of pulls back a little bit, a little surprised at the question. He says, Well, I think if any of you would have credence to know, it would be your friend Kit here. Perhaps the most public of the Sentinels are the Sentinel Knights that guard the bridge to the Manamarek. They are representatives of each of the old gods. We are a branch dedicated to Senna. Ever since her fall, it has been difficult to stay afloat, but due to our small size, we have become somewhat of the spy masters of the association. And uh, we retain a sentinel on the bridge. Should you ever go to Haven and visit the Monomarig yourself, you will find our presence there. Much more officious and decorated. Not so much operations as tradition. We are all descended from the Dalmarig and the Monomar. He looks at uh, uh, Kit, he says... My uh, ancestors, in fact, were Elusia. Mm. I'm not, obviously, but... What'd you say? I said obviously, like, yes. no fur, no weird feathers. I yeah. look about as uh, skull as a descendant can be. But um, I would hope I'm instead a Kulo. Regardless. I will set you on your way. Uh, when would you like to leave? Uh, I guess tomorrow. Probably as soon as possible. I can have a ship by tomorrow morning. I need to... Before we leave, I have to compare my notes to yours. Indeed. We will spend tonight doing that. And uh, perhaps bring young Tamar and Theo here so that they may be more safely guarded under my watch. I'm afraid the jail is not terribly airtight. We found that out. Another stipulation is that Kit here can send messages to people. So if at any time he sends a message to Tamar and he doesn't respond then we're going to be having some words and or fists slash blades. Well, don't um, jump too far ahead because while he is being controlled, he won't be able to answer you unless his puppeteer allows him. Oh, shit. 
And in which case, it will be the puppeteer speaking to you. Okay, fine. Then Theo. Theo? Yes, of course. If if he contacts Theo and says anything is bad or he doesn't respond, then it's going to be a bad time for you. I and do all not, bets are off. I do not intend to keep them locked up like criminals. They're not. They're victims of circumstance. They will be my guests, but they will not be allowed to leave the grounds. Okay, that's fair. Now, and he glances around you guys, he says, I heard something about him being able to open things easily. Did you find an instrument or a tool of some sort? Yes. The reason I would very much like to know about it because I think I know what it is. Tamar has a hairpin that he, he does says not have it anymore. You guys do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I kept it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then I pull it out. I'm like, it's this. Yeah. He takes a look at it and he nods. He says, "You have in your possession a relic of Senna." Oh, that's a bigger. Can deal I than keep I it? Uh, I will use it for the cause. I would like it given to us at the end, but you may use it. Okay. That is known simply as the Black Gold Lockpick. It is something of a skeleton key, if you will. Do you know who had it last? Previous to Tamar, uh... He said it was his mother's, but I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it his was mom's... his mother's, but she had no idea what it was. Previous to her, her husband bought it for her as a anniversary gift or some nonsense. He bought it from a merchant from Garrett Eldathas who happened upon it in a place called Rolden. It was not meant to leave Rolden, as it was previously carried by a chosen of Senna. A, uh, it's a strange thing to explain, but there are echoes of Senna in this world, and occasionally someone is picked to represent her former will. This person was killed, but they had the black gold lockpick, and it was lost for a long while. But yeah, I agree with Kit. I think that we could use that. So... Of course. I imagine it will come quite in handy when you need to get into perhaps the castle at Moor's Rest. Definitely. If you're going for Wedna Altera. She has a rather nice suite there. Is it high off the ground? she does. I'm not sure exactly which one it is, but I'm sure it's one of the uh, higher master suites. Uh, when you uh, when you get in good with Cynthia Moore, you're treated like royalty. Yeah, probably just everything that she's always wanted. I'm um, sure. So you said. In the end, we give that to you. What do you visualize as the end? The end is whenever you report back to us that the puppet master has been killed. Uh, you 
may have difficulty identifying them, but we hope to have some more information by the time you reach Sigurafir. We expect that it is one of the so-called white cloaks of the Heidelin cult. Those are the... They're the leaders. Okay. One step below their grand shaman. Okay. We're gonna need to level up. We, okay, so should we, like, write this all out? I mean, obviously none of this is legally binding, but is there a unbreakable vow we can make or whatever? Absolutely not. I prefer to take people at their word, and if they cross me, they die. Fair enough. We'll yeah. take the same approach. Good. And he turns to uh, the elven woman, Elana, says, uh, Please share everything we have about the existing Alteras and any information that uh, Miss Sylvia might be interested in in those who are no longer with us, because I'm sure there's some things you don't know. <clears throat> As for you, fill in any blanks that you can, and um, I'd like to know a bit more about Alistair, if possible. He's rather charismatic, but strangely there's very little information about him. Yeah, he likes to keep it that way. Yes. The most public face of the bunch, and yet no one knows a thing. <sighs> and he looks at Ilana, he says, Oh, and, um, call for, call for the druids, that way they can land in Green's March. And Ilara nods, and she goes and sort of pokes her head outside to where all the servants are waiting and sends one off. And he turns back, she says, I will send a druid who is originally from Amberol, um, as it is said that only those who have already been there can find their way. Nonsense, if you ask me, but it seems to work. Okay. Well, being that it is, and he takes out a pocket watch, says, being that it is rather late morning, shall you be staying for lunch? Oh, well, you know, I really, we really shouldn't. We're doing a lot of busy, like, we can, stuff. We can probably swing it. Duh, I mean, we wouldn't want to impose or anything like that, but are you going to have any more of those little cakes? Those that are can good. be arranged. Those are really good. So, all right, I guess we can make it work, sure. Speak to the cook, request whatever you like. And he puts his pocket watch away and says, All righty, Laura, bring everyone back in. And uh, the all the servants flood back in and get back to their work, kind of like eyeing you guys, like, who the fuck are you, ragamuffins, that he wanted to talk to you alone. Um, <clears throat> but uh, he bids you farewell and basically says, Elara is going to be your person to talk to. She seems to have the book. Uh, he has some business to attend to upstairs. Until lunchtime. Cool. So, um, I'm not going to RP this whole bit for the sake of brevity, <laughs> but do you have any specific questions about the Alistair, or about the Alteras? And do you have anything you would like to offer? Um... <clears throat> 
so I would like to know more about the kid, if I could. Clay. Clay? Okay. Yeah. Him. Uh, I'd like to know, like, specifically whereabouts he was last seen, um, like, more, I guess, details about, like, if we know anything about him personally, like, if he... Anyone close to him knew, like, if he <coughs> doesn't like Alistair or anything like that, if he knows anything else about the rest of the Alteras, mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, if possible, I would like to, out of earshot of Kit, ask her about if she knows if Alistair has access to any necromancers or anything like that, and if there's been any rumors about him resurrecting someone of import. Um, anything that I can just verify. What's uh, that face for, Ben? Oh, I just yeah. had a terrible realization. Oh, I was about to say, you already know this. I mean, Kit doesn't... Yeah, doesn't but what did we just learn? What? Tamar has a tether because he was resurrected. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> this is the point where my other players would be like, Taylor, no! Taylor, no! <laughs> like, what? I didn't do anything? <laughs> Okay, we're we're gonna cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, burn that bridge when we get. We're to gonna it. burn that bridge before we get there. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> oh man, if Sylphie has that realization, she's gonna be in the middle of talking, and be like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> I think she's not even gonna think about that. Yeah. She's yeah. That's vision. that's a Kit thing. But yeah. We'll see if Kit like talks about it. Uh, um, well, Kit doesn't. Kit doesn't know, know that she's been resurrected. Yeah, true. So well, nobody's talking to anybody. So this is just no me. shit. I don't even know me. if we talked about it on stream yet. So basically, oh, yeah, the session before oh, we right. started recording these, uh, I met up with Alistair and he was like, oh, Marin's alive. Marin, your sister is alive. And if mm -hmm. you kill Wedna, then I'll give her back to you. Yep. So, yeah. After Sylphie, of course, knew that Marin had previously been moited. Yes, like uh, I believe that is in the intro of like offering your sister in return for. Oh, is it? Your... Yeah, I think so. I don't okay. know if we clarified that she had. Died. I don't know. Oh no, you had clarified in your you intro had, that yeah. she died. Yeah. So yeah. it's oh it's yeah in, there. in my intro. Um, yeah, she's dead. Yeah, welcome to game twenty. Yeah. Uh, right. This has been going on for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, yeah, so, so I basically just want to know if, like, any reports can verify that if anyone's seen Marin, uh, can, can confirm that he's not talking out of his ass. Okay. Um, so I would like to do that part out of earshot of Kit. Okay. Other than that... Kit, do you have any questions? I don't think so. Um... I guess the only questions I have is like, 
I don't know if they know anything about the Hydaelyn Call or where they're at. Um, little pockets of them or things like that. And I also want to know if they have any information about the people of Enik and their origins. Um, yeah. Okay. Um... Alright, so, uh, as you guys are just kind of chilling around before lunch is served, it's gonna be a while, uh, but you, like, put your requests in, and the cooks are like, oh yeah, sure, sure, and they basically send off people to go buy supplies. Um, (laughs) the only thing off-limits is basically anything that's not available on the island. Um, they were given orders to treat you as honored guests. Um, Yeah, that's right. So you're getting pretty good treatment. Uh... As you start in on Ilara with the general information, not the secret, secret information, uh, she tells you that uh, Clay, uh, he, he is just Clay. He doesn't appear to have a surname. Um, his mother did not either. He did not take the Altera name. Uh, he is 16 years old, half-orc. Uh, Ilara actually shows you a sketch of him. He has Alistair's sort of, like, slim, svelte build, which is not common amongst uh, half-orcs. They're typically bigger. Um, and he has he has the tusks, but they're kind of short. Um, but he's got this, like... Even though he's 16, he, he looks a little more mature. And he has this, like... In the sketch, you don't know if it's just the artist, but he has this, like, excited look about him. Um, there's nothing imminently negative that you can see just from looking at him. It's kind of strange. Um, he is, like I said, pretty trim and svelte, and they talk about him usually wearing a uh, wool-lined jacket. It's one of his sort of, like, things that he always wears. Uh, he is a trained and able sailor. He has been basically on board ship's he was born on board a ship. He's been sailing with his mother since he was a little boy. Uh, he's been a cabin boy. He's been most recently a gunner. Um, and you do know that, uh, or Ilara does know that before he left home, he had been offered a chance to be his mother's first mate, which is insane for how young he is. Uh, but he declined it when his father offered him the chance to come work with him. Uh, Elara tells you that while Alistair and Clay's mother, um, I should probably give her name. Uh, Clay's mother. Uh, we're gonna name her, what's a good orky name? Uh, we're gonna name her Ursa. Um, she, she's, she's pretty tough lady but she seemed to be genuinely in love with Alistair and from what they can gather he's probably in love with her too though how deeply they don't know Um, however Alistair never took much interest in Clay until he came of age Um, there is they do report that they had a couple rumors that Alistair maybe once offered for the Heidelin cult to take Clay uh, which leads them to believe that Alistair may actually be a member of the Heidelin cult, uh, because they're known to give their own children to the cult. Um, 
as sacrifices. But uh, uh oh question. Yes. Do you have to give your own blood children or can they be like adopted? I mean, it can be any child. You could pick up a child okay. off the street and give it to the cult. They'd be like, "Oh, thank you." Um, but uh, giving thank you for the according child. to Elara, giving members giving their children typically advances their like rank within the cult um but she tells you that alistair changed his mind at the last minute and said mm, no not this one also clay's a boy so they don't want him as much mm. uh she does tell you that the Heidelin cult is known for very specifically uh they'll take anyone but they very specifically prefer girls between the age of 12 and 14 with red hair Oh. Oh, do they? Yes. I know what that means. Do you? Yeah. What is the process for giving that to the cults? Like, do they need do they need to take them or is it just like Is there a ritual or do they just need like a body or like what? They prefer to take them alive uh, so that they can be used in ritual sacrifices. And the children who are not sacrificed are raised within the cult and typically become the most zealous and devout members. Um, typically, this is older children, like those who are 15 and older, already too old, apparently, for their process. Um, but they are known for sacrificing adults uh, occasionally, but they do prefer specifically those type of children. Um, they do take younger children, too. Um, you, as a former arbiter, would know. Um, this is a tiny piece of information you do know about the Heidelin cult. Uh, you have heard of the uh, arbiters basically kidnapping children of this description and selling them to the Heidelin cults and being aware that not all of them are used as sacrifices, some of them are used as slaves and trafficked. It's pretty dark. Yeah. Do I remember uh, Alistair doing that with any other random kids? Like... Uh... I don't think so. He's less of a gatherer and more of a deal maker. Mm -hmm. So his role would have been instead like one of the Arbiter captains says, hey, I've got a load of people here. And Alistair's like, great, tell me what you've got. I'll find buyers. He's the, he's the, the salesman. So that suggests that he's not really part of the cult itself, but he could have... He could be considering clay yeah um yeah but he did change his mind about clay and said no i think they're this one's going to be worth something you do know that alistair doesn't he doesn't much care for half-blood people but let's just say he has a fetish for orcs um to keep it light um <laughs> uh he, uh, yeah. Sounds so like he decided, bigot, yeah. He decided because Clay was part his blood, he might be worth something, essentially. That was the, the deduction. 
Um, as for Clay's whereabouts, last time he was seen, um, he was leaving Vedric, uh, Port Vedric, where his mother uh, sails from, and he was potentially, they believe, headed for the Pelin Peaks to a to a small village. It's not on the map. No. Um, to uh, basically meet up with a trainer, a mentor from the Heidelin cult. Okay. Um, is the- and from from the time he left. Oh, it is on the map. Uh, yeah, the Pelon Peaks are to the northeast. They're between you guys and Green's March. Yeah. Um, by the time that he left, you can deduce that you might actually beat him there. Ooh, that's a thread I really want to pull on. Well, you can. We can pull on. Um, I, I just, I just offer threads. Take them. I know. Uh, I really do. As for what he knows of the Alteras and the cults, um, Ilara gathers that he knows precious little of what his father does because his mother is a well-decorated sea captain. She has her own ship and she typically sails in a sort of What's the word? She typically sails in uh, cooperation with both caskers and wardens, but she is independent, and she has never been accused of trafficking or kidnapping or anything like that. She has a pretty sterling reputation. Ilara gathers that she does not know what Alistair does. Oh. Um, Let's see. What does he know of the cult? Uh, Clay knows the cult exists, probably doesn't know that it's a cult. Uh, Alistair... I'm gonna go into the other Highland Cult info. Um, the kits, uh, questions. Um, the Highland Cult has locations and subspe- uh, subsets worldwide. They are the largest cult in the world. They could be mistaken for a proper religion, except that they are culty. They yeah. sacrifice people. Their god is not a real god. Uh, he, at the very most, was maybe a demigod, but he's actually just a dead lich um, whose soul endures because of the Heidelin staves. Uh, sort of like Horcruxes, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, the most prevalent Heidelin cult uh, members and locations are in Amnoblin. Uh, because there are specifically nine locations, one pertaining to each staff, uh, gathered around the ring of the Jotun Circle, the uh, the Leonfjalls, and uh, there are nine locations which every year, on uh, the fifth day of the second month, they, at the same time, uh, it's called Delendane, uh, they sacrifice... Uh, people to Algar Heidelin in order to basically give him a boost in energy. And the hope is that he shares this energy back to them through their warlocks and casters so that they can gather the Heidelin staves to eventually bring him back. It's a big to-do. The other Heidelin cult groups around the world are sort of like outposts where the members specifically search for the staves. 
Um, as of right now, I can actually tell you where some of them are. Ooh. Because the Sentinels have their fingers on the pulse of what's happening in Amnoblin with the other campaign. Except the other campaign doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> they walk by the Sentinels every day, and they have no fucking idea. Um, at this moment, the nine staves... Uh, let's see... One, you guys would know just from stories that the Maritide staff, the death staff, was destroyed before the Calamity. Um, like, a few months before the Calamity. It was destroyed by a group of mismatched weirdos who were working with Kenamak Ambrose before she was, you know, the Deathless Druid. Um, at this very moment, the Heidelin Cult is known to be in possession of two staves. They have the Ordenhide, which is the Light Staff, uh, also known as the Sunburst or just Sun Staff. And they have its twin, uh, the Golohide, uh, the Staff of Shadows, the Staff of the Night Sky. It has many nicknames. Um, which, Elara informs you, is the safest combination. If you have a staff and its twin, they render each other inert. Um, the Fjorhide, the Fire, the Navunahide, the Earth, and the Core Staff have all gone missing in Amnoblin. Last they knew, uh, the Sentinels tracked them to a group of weirdos, another group of weirdos, who got a hold of the staves and they disappeared. Um, well, I mean, the, Sylphie has seen the core staff. Yeah. And as of uh, they do inform you that the core staff recently disappeared after you guys saw it. Ah. Cool. Um, as for the Gaithahide, the air staff, the hurricane staff, um, they don't know where it is. It went missing in Haven, in uh, Amnoblin. Nobody knows where it is. Uh, and that was like hundreds of years ago. Um, How long has the hurricane been going on around Amberow? Around Greensmarch in Amberow? Um, probably a century. Hmm. Two centuries, excuse me. Hmm. Uh, basically ever since the Calamity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're not the first one to pick up on that. Yeah. Uh, the hurricane missing. staff is missing, but there's like <laughs> this weird never-ending hurricane. I, I don't think they're connected. <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely well, even if people do make the connection, how do you get in to get it? You ask the Sentinel. So technically it's safe because nobody can get it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Voxtide, the famed Voxtide, yeah. used as the, the main staff. weapon against the rot goddess Sanka by Kenemak Ambro, uh, is currently, they can confirm, in the possession of Kenemak Ambro herself, who has just been discovered to be an actual goddess. Oh. Oh my it god, is... the mouse god is actually a god. Yep. 
she has been revealed because recently, and this leads into the final staff, the Sephenhide, the, uh, the water staff. Oh, water. Um, the the rot staff is the death staff. Um, has that, that one, one was already that one was already destroyed a long time ago. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give you the the list in chat, but um, the uh, the Sephenhide was just destroyed uh, by the same group of weirdos that the other staves have disappeared with. Uh, Ilara tells you that the sentinels there reported that a number of uh, walkers descended upon the Monomarig itself and murdered the elder druid there, who was Kenna's own granddaughter. Um, uh, murdered her and several of her druids. The group of people that went in after one of these walkers, uh, it was apparently their friend, and they were trying to save him. Oh, uh, no. He had hold of the Sephenhide that uh, the elder druid was using to keep herself alive after a previous attack. Mm -hmm. uh, he took it from her, and it basically fused to him. Uh, in the time that it took them to reach him, he had already been forced to start a ritual to summon a phantom of Algar Heidelin, much like uh, happened with the Merit Hide. And so the only way to stop that process is to destroy the staff itself. Um, so this group, who was extremely underprepared for the task, uh, all of them were killed. Every single one of them. I remember the guy, hearing about this now. Including the guy with the staff attached to him. Uh, but the last one standing, uh, according to the only currently awake Malandrada who saw the entire fight, uh, she jumped in at the last moment and shattered the crystal, and the final explosion killed them all. Uh, the shockwave subsequently that you guys felt mm -hmm. was the destruction of the Sephenhide. Well, at least the world didn't end. No, it won't end until all the other seven are together. It'll be great. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. So at the moment, four lost staffs, two destroyed sta uh, staves, and uh, one with Kenna, two with the Heidelin cult. That's not good odds. Wee. And we have a bucket. You have yep. a bucket. We have a bucket of never-ending water. We sure do have a bucket. You can drown the world and nobody will ever be able to find them because they'll all be dead. Let's Atlantis yep. this bitch. Yeah. Uh, and then the stuff about Marin without him. Marin, yes. Oh, without uh, me once, here. Uh, once Kit gets kicked out. Bah. Bah. Bah-bah-bah. Habbabadika. Habbabadika. Wah! Okay, you guys. We're filling the space while you're I'm thinking. Worried. I was waiting for you to shut up so I oh. could start. Um... So, Alistair's access to necromancy and resurrection. Um, he, having connections to the Heidling cult, has connections to some very powerful necromancers. Um, while walkers are not undead, uh, many of the necromancers do create walkers. 
uh, because it's like it's like a parallel study, but not necromancy itself. Um, but they do typically create undead servants or bring back powerful members of the cult if they can, uh, because you don't want to lose people you spent that long training. Uh, so his access could be pretty good if he has the money, which you know he typically does. Yeah. As for Marin, uh, Ilara spends a little while flipping through her book, but your question kind of intrigues her. Um, she flips through and flips through, and you see this is all written in a mix mash of different languages. Some of them you recognize, some of them you don't. Until she gets to probably close to the back of this book. It looks like they're ready to start a new one. Um, and you see an entry that has the names Redner, Flynn, Sylvia, Marin. And you're all sort of connected by an arrow that says adopted children, Alistair, Wedna, Altera. And there is a cross through Flynn uh, with a short description of how he died, uh, which is strangely accurate. Um, and a cross through Redner with a less perfect description. Uh, there is a cross through Marin's name, but there is now a question mark next to it. Um, and Ilara reads through some notes in a language you can't read, and she says, All right, this is... I was interested when you mentioned the name. We have noticed something strange over in Moorsrest with some of our agents. Apparently, a young woman, uh, unseen by any of our agents before, just simply appeared there and seemed to be under heavy guard by the Moore clan. Uh, Silas Moore himself seemed to have an interest in her, but for what, we don't know. And Wedna and Alistair Altera were seen often talking to her. She seemed... neutral about them. Um, no, no particular like or dislike. But she seemed rather cooperative to Silas Moore the Third. Uh, did she seem normal? Like she wasn't like a zombie. She wasn't like. No, she seemed perfectly, well, not perfectly healthy, a bit pale, a bit thin, um, but not undead. Um, what did she look like? Describe like, Marin for us. Oh, shit. Uh, I don't know. Because she doesn't look exactly like you. You don't know if you're actually sisters. Right, yeah. So um, I would think we look... She has different color hair, definitely. Yeah, I would say, um, like... I actually thought red hair, which is why, like, when, yeah, when you were like, oh, they like to sacrifice. I think I remember that detail, but I was not thinking about it. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll go off on a limb here and say, okay, half-elven half elven woman. Mm -hmm. um, probably slightly more tan than you. At least she used to be until she mm -hmm. got super pale. Um, let's say similar shade blue eyes. 
uh, long reddish hair, uh, sort of like a deep, deeper crimson auburn instead of yeah. straight up orange. Yeah. Um, typically athletic in build if she weren't, you know, thin. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say when we uh, were growing up, which I was 14 when she died and she was slightly older than I was. Probably like so, 16, 17? Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, she, I was, or she was taller than me, but I also oh. grew a little bit after. after yeah. Um, Elara gives you the basic description, uh, says that she is, she looks to be 17, 18. Um, and she. Uh, well, I mean, that makes sense if he resurrected her recently. Mm-hmm. That. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you just looked like what? Well, so. I thought I thought the window for resurrection was going to be much smaller, but I guess maybe. Oh not. no, there are resurrection some resurrection is yeah. Oh, there okay. are it's some like within high... like a hundred years or something like that. Yeah, true resurrection can do it without a body. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh wow. Um, but there are lower resurrection spells that I believe would also work for Marin in this case. Um, but anyway, yes. Um. If this is Marin, which Elara, now that you sort of seem to recognize her description, she says, um, if that is her, it would have taken a rather powerful necromancer or cleric, uh, or potentially a druid, to resurrect her. As I imagine after, what has it been, almost a decade? She would have been nothing but bones. Which could explain why she's so thin. She's still recovering. As uh, resurrection is not easy. It often takes uh, significant resurrection. Not small spells, but uh, large ones take a significant amount of time to recover from. There is exhaustion, fatigue, uh, malnutrition to deal with. I've seen my fair share. Right. Okay. I think this is your Marin, but I wonder if she doesn't remember anything. I mean, I don't know. She never... She didn't have the same kind of... I guess you would call me a little bit more rebellious... She wasn't quite as rebellious as I was, so maybe she doesn't want to constantly punch Alistair and Wedner in the face, I don't know, but... Well, it could be that she's also biding her time, looking for an opening, and the more you work with your captors, the more they trust you, until eventually they get complacent, if we assume she remembers. Which typically resurrected people do, unless their memory is modified. Um, From what we could see, she and Silas Moore seem to have, dare I say it, a friendship. I don't know if it's uh, an act on her part, or perhaps he's not as cruel as his forebears. We still don't know much about him and how he acts, but as the King of the Arbiters, we don't really care if he backs up how they work. Um, 
Do we you? Are... Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh no, I was just going to ask. So, do you have anybody on the inside over there that could get something to her? We have a few people. Um, do you think it would be beneficial to our cause to alert her? I just want her to know that I'm okay. I guess. And you see Elara kind of pull back, like she wasn't expecting like that realness. She's like, <laughs> I, I'm sure we could do something. I'll yeah, I'll um, when we bring tomorrow over here, I'll I'll give it to you. All right. Um, I'll um, I'll bring in the. We're expecting the druid who will escort you to uh, Amaro. Um, she should be able to get at least some kind of message. Um, she may even be able to supply you with a scry, oh. so that you can see if it's really her. Yeah, that would be great. Yes, I think we can do that. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you. I I appreciate it. I am. Um, I have a sister myself. I. I wouldn't want you to miss out on yours. And uh, I know, I know Lord Tanris is rather abrasive, to say lightly. But he does mean well, and we do appreciate your cooperation. I hope we can help you. I hope so, too. But I've already missed out on a lot with her. I'm oh. hoping... that I'm hoping I can get some of that back. Thankfully, due to the nature of a resurrection spell, you haven't missed out on much. We'll see. Well... And she, uh, she closes her book after filling in a couple more notes. And uh, she stands up as lunch is being brought in and says, I have oh. a few people to speak with. Oh, actually, yes? sorry, before you go, this, yes. is, this is a bit of a vanity thing. Yes? What does it say about me in there? About you? Yeah. Um, she flips through the book and looks down kind of glances around like looking for Lord Tanris um, and she says <laughs> uh, does Sylphie have a middle name? Oh god no I don't okay. think so. She says uh, Altera recently discovered Phelon. Uh she adds that note in uh, former street urchin of Moor's Rest given to fits of rebellion against local shopkeepers when caught stealing. Uh, that was me. Adopted by Alistair and Wedna Altera, yeah. along with Redner, Flynn, and Marin. Mm -hmm. uh, a musician. Mm -hmm. Fairly good at distracting during uh, heists, pickpockets, that sort of thing. Yep. Um... And then she fills in another thing. She says, recently, a chosen of Tal Dunost. That's me. Let's see. Oh, yes. Adopted by Quinn Phelan. Also known as Quinn Hartstead. Oh, it's already in the book. Yeah, your That's friend so Bull funny. told us. Oh, of course it did. He made sure to mention that Quinn, who we are aware of and quite fond of, mm -hmm. was your 
father, I suppose. Aww. How sweet. Awesome. Cool. I'm fine with it. As long as it's not saying all the bad stuff, so... <laughs> oh, there's plenty. Oh. Just short notes. Oh. Good. Cheated in the mid-chord festivals. Alright, so, like, <laughs> I was just trying to make a quick buck. I'm aware. We what does it say about him? What does it say about Kit? Kit? I don't know. And she looks over at Kit, who I assume can all hear this all now. Uh, she says, what's the name of your clan? I don't know. Oh, you don't know. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. I was saying, I don't fucking know. Oh, I was about to say, Ben, like, where's the improv here? No. Oh, I'm just going to make up a random word. Like, yeah, yeah, the... I mean, that's how I do it. The, the Hot Pocket Clan. The Hot Pocket Clan. <laughs> we love Hot Pocket. The Fallen Griffin Clan. Ooh, that one's fun. Yeah, because that's how that's... Uh, we ended up in the in the turmoil to begin with. Oh, a Griffin. Uh... Yeah, the sleep campaign. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do have this Oh, hippogriff. This the fallen hippogriff. <laughs> yeah. I do have this information. Uh -oh. um, let's see. Um, if he goes by the typical naming conventions of the Elysia, uh, this would be uh, Kit Stagheart, or perhaps a Kit of the Coyote Clan, depending. You have a last name. Uh, I didn't well, know I had a last name. Technically, all Elusia in the in Irakel, um are now Staghearts. It is their nation. You have a last name. My name is Kit. Staghearts. Let's see, um, deeply opposed to being called a Skinwalker, understandably. Well, it's. Deeply uninterested uh, in skull. Uh, you can add deeply uninterested in anything. That in is, We've, that's we have inherently untrue. The word, we've marked the word generally apathetic. There we go. Uh, but yes, uh, Totem of the Coyote, chosen at his assumedly 15th year, uh, as is typical with the Elusir. Um, Younger brother Ren, also Stackhart. Yes, he does. Um, and she sees some more information. She's like, "I'm not going to share that in present company. This is personal information." Thank you. Um, let's see, I was uh, more just looking for to see if you just knew how awful of an attitude he has, but... Oh, we're, we're quite aware. Cheating in the mid-court festivals, getting angry when he was found out cheating. Uh, formerly had it. a coyote companion? Formerly. Yeah. Ah, his, and she his name was that. His name was Dinky. Dinky. That down. And wasn't he the pet of your previous companion, Sylvie? Yeah. Yeah. And she she marks a couple things down. Says um a a healer, a proper cleric by profession, 
are dedicated to the god Savros, which explains your tendency for trickery and your totem. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yes. uh, certainly dedicated to the tenets of beautiful chaos and getting a leg up on the undeservedly rich. What else have I got here in about kids? <laughs> ah! Yeah, I think that's just about it. Oh, yeah! And, um, once planned a potential set of Molotov cocktails for the Holdron Cannery in Port Saurus and aided in the arrest of Tomo. Yep, I pull, I pull a, a one of my completed Molotov cocktails out of my bag and I'm like, yeah, I've still got three. I'm ready. Please don't use those on the ship. No. No, I tried that with Kellogg. Ships are very flammable. Yeah. Yes. Did you say he was involved in the arrest of Tomo? I'm pretty um, sure that was Jax. That was Jax. And yeah. she she looks down at her stuff and she says, Oh, we must have a timeline mix-up. And she, um, she sort of scratches something out. She says, So Jax was involved with that. Um... It's like we're writing our own history book. <laughs> and then, oh yes, Kit came in after Aether and Jax fell, unfortunately. Yeah. Do you still have a heart about Lauren? I am. Um, do you? Who are you talking to? Either of you. What's I the heart of Adlar? I think I know. Kit, you oh, know exactly what a heart of Adlar oh, is. Oh, the heart that we gave to, that they gave to, what's his nuts? The inventor. Lysander. Lysander, that's his name. Courage. Courage. What was that again? It was the stone that you weren't supposed to touch, that's sacred. Oh! Oh, yeah! And you then we all touched it? <laughs> yeah, um, I I tell them, I'm like, I don't, I don't touch those, those are sacred. Oh, yeah, me either. Totally sacred. Yeah. Uh, then where did all that money come from in Port Saurus? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah. Just and the, the dead ground. hippogriff. Uh, you killed a hippogriff? I don't, I don't know anything about that. You killed a hippogriff? To, to okay. be fair, it was rather an accident. It was an accident. It was a horrible accident kit. A misheart of the sleep spell and um, yeah. some unfortunate circumstances on Aether's part. Can you also write down in that book that um, the sleep spell sucks? I think it's rather useful as long as no one's standing near a cliff. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Or in. Or over, like, spell. over their children. Yes. Or in a circle of hunger of Hadar. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Man, you guys knocked out literally nine different creatures with that spell. Including yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job. Good job. God, I wish that had been streamed. 
Me oh. too. It was That's why this is called the sleeper campaign, PS, yeah. to anybody watching, is because they have killed eight or nine people with the sleep spell, including two player characters. Unintentionally. Yeah, unintentionally. <laughs> we just wanted to put them to sleep. Yeah. yeah and then they died. Um, but yeah, uh, Ilara uh, closes the book once more and says, well, um, it's rather a nice update to some of my notes. Um, so you don't have that at heart with Lauren anymore? Nope. It, it is in the care of Lysander Courage, yes? Yes. <laughs> that may explain how Jess's son got a hold of one, and she sort of sighs and walks out. <laughs> you took a heart? I didn't know what it was. It was just a funky rock, and he gave us a lot of money for it. <laughs> Must be funny. It's a rich man's room. I, w- I was trying to avoid <laughs> the I, No avoiding the Alba. Guess. <laughs> Alright. I'll just. Is it lunchtime? Yeah, food has been brought in. Cool, I'm ready to eat oh, and not talk to Sylphie. What? I'm. God, the worst. Why don't you just go steal a fucking totem pole? Terrible. God. I didn't know what it was. Also, I don't think we stole it, did we? What did we do with it? We oh, stumbled Dinky, upon it. No, Dinky fucking fetched it and gave it to Jax. Yeah, that's right. And then yeah. we brought it back into town and, and we were like... And one of you turned pink and the other one turned into a rabbit. Yeah. Oh, that's we right. Like, because you... This? So, fun fact for both you guys and anybody watching, uh, the hearts about Lauren all have random effects. The one that you guys picked up was essentially a, a step down from like a wild magic stone. So I like rolled which heart about Lauren it was gonna be, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like a wild magic fucking sorcerer with a wild magic fucking rock. Oh god. Nice. Yeah. A wild magic sorcerer with a wild magic ring with a wild magic rock. Yep. Perfect. So it was totally random. I didn't know what it was. And he was like, here's a bunch of money. And I was like, okay. Cool, have a rock. You know how much I love money, kid. I love it so much. How was I supposed to know that it was like sacred or whatever? What? (laughs) How was I supposed to know that? If it was Lysander literally told you. Lysander literally told you. Kit doesn't told know Jax that. Told too. Yeah. Again. How was I supposed to know that? I love that? that Ben gets to be all high and mighty because now he's playing a character who would have a problem with what his previous character did. Yeah. My, I, when I was the previous character, I was like, fuck it, it's a rock. And then yeah. now I'm this person. I'm like, pink. I can't believe you. <laughs> And I was planning to burn down a cannery. It was all very unanimous at the time. So I only deserve one third of blame. Lunch? Cool. Let's eat. And that is where we'll stop for today. Nine o'clock on the dot. Woo. Woo. All right. Well, it won't be nine o'clock on the dot by the time we're done. But well, yeah. 
Anyway, um, thank you everybody for watching this week's shenanigans of uh, At Lauren Adventuring Co. I've been your DM, Taylor Wallace. Uh, everybody, uh, <laughs> I've been uh, going around. It's Brian. Um, <laughs> Well, let's let's start with uh, at Lauren. Um, if you would like to keep updated on streams, vods, podcasts, uh, we post on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. There's links below uh, at Lauren A D V Co. It's all below, so I don't need to spell it every time for you. Um, and. Uh, Oh gosh, what else do we have attached to it? Uh, we have a few hashtags now attached to it as well. We have AA Code D&D, uh, and we have at Lauren, uh, hashtag at Lauren, and we have hashtag Lore Time, where for this month, I will be posting lore tidbits on Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and uh, posting general stream stuff on the other days with... Uh, VOD and uh, stream information. Uh, let's see. And then uh, letting everybody know uh, we figured this out today. We will not be streaming on August 29th. Uh, so no no stream, no VOD that week. But we will be back up and running in September. September. Uh, Alicia, please tell us about yourself. And be confident and don't, like, beat yourself up while you're doing it. That's the worst way to make anybody confident. Yeah. Hi. I'm Alicia. You may know me from this... This. Uh... Uh, I have a Twitter. Um, I've been mostly using... (laughs) Ben, this is making it worse. Uh... (laughs) Okay, hold on. I'll turn it into an interview. Okay, so you're Alicia Kelly. What is your yeah, Twitter handle? Yeah, it's me. My Twitter handle is... That made it worse. That made it worse. My Twitter handle is A.M. Kelly writes. No, A.M. Kelly writes, not all rights. <laughs> this is a train wreck every this week. A, I love it. This is a fucking train wreck. Every that is, that is A.M. Kelly. A.M.K.E.L.L.E.Y. Yes. W.R.I.T.E.S. Yep. And <laughs> and uh, Alicia is currently working on her first book. It is D and D themed, and it is yep. very unique. I've read some Thank pieces you. of it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm, I also, I'm super excited. To I also read it. just recently set up a website. I haven't um, had it go live yet, but I will soon. And I'm going to be doing a blog uh, when I can finally write something that's nonfiction. It's very difficult for me for apparently, but I will yeah, be posting um, that on We we will share the announcement on ADV Co. And um, we also have shout out stuff coming up on Fridays uh, that I've sort of lined up that talk about us and some things that we are we like. I'm starting to put it together. It's basically gonna be Friday shout outs. Uh, the first three are us, and the next one is going to be Harper's Tale, which is an adventure written by somebody super special uh, that you will see coming up. Uh, ben Blake. Ben Blake. Whatever. 
I mean, we're, it's, it's fine. Just, it, we'll just treat it as a nickname at this it's point. It's my pen name. <laughs> um, so, my name is Blake R. Wolf, and I write stuff. Um, I That's really good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did just finish my latest novel today. So, yep. um, I have <laughs> one book out right now called Lake Arcadia, which is a horror thriller novella. Uh, if you like cryptids or monsters, that's definitely right up your alley. Um, you can find me at blakearwolf.com. That's B L A K E R W O L F E com, And I am actually in the next week going to be officially releasing and announcing my upcoming novel, Jonathan's Letter, which, which will be so released good. on October 2nd uh, this year. It'll be the last book that I release this year, although I'm hoping to release another one in January. So we'll yes. see. I think when I finish, I finished reading Jonathan's letter uh, today before we started streaming, and I think I uh, texted Ben something along the lines of, um, how dare you make me cry my own tears. Yes. Uh, that is exactly what it said, actually. I watched yeah. some of the chat go by. I was like, yes, suffer as I am. Oh, I, sent, I sent him some, like, like to his personal, like outside the group yeah. chat, mm -hmm. and just like yeah. it was just a stream of why, why, <laughs> why did you do this? <laughs> Every time you hit a new thing, it's like, why? Yeah. Well, she sent me one message at like 2 p.m., and she's like, You better not do this thing. And then at like 2 like, 2 30, she was like, Fuck you. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did, did the, thing. the thing. I did the thing. Um, so. The new one, it's an LGBTQ, like, coming out story kind of thing. It's a little, it's a little real. I'll put it's, it that way. Uh, very real. Because there's, <laughs> life isn't always a happy ending. So that's kind of, you know, what's going on with that. But it's, it's not gotten... always a happy middle or beginning, I <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes shit happens and you just got to kind of fucking deal with it. So, um... So yeah, uh, that'll be coming out on October 2nd, and I actually have beta readers starting to turn in their reviews and stuff, but pre-orders will go live on September 4th. Which you will hear about on all of our Twitters. You will definitely be hearing about it, because I'll probably be dropping a ridiculous amount of promotional material. Um, okay. Uh, and I, last but not least, the long-suffering... Oh yes, Taylor, theme. tell us about you! Okay, fuck off. I don't need this. Hey, Taylor. Hey, so, Taylor. Where can the, where can the folks I'm a, help find I'm a you? delight. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I am Taylor Wallace, spelled weird, um, at Taylor Wallace, T-A-I-Y-L-O-R-W-A-L-L-A-C-E on Twitter. And uh, I've had some practice spelling that out loud. Yeah, now. that was fast. Um, I, uh, I'm going to call my Twitter eclectic. Um, it's a lot of D&D. &D. It's a ton of D&D. Nothing wrong with um, that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of writing. Uh, I am a writer as well, primarily in D&D, &D, but I am working on some books at this time. I am also uh, Blake's editor, uh, so I have read the horror and the pain, uh, and I highly recommend it because every time he writes something new, it becomes my new favorite. Uh, Just wait for the next one. Yeah. The next one's going to be fantasy right yeah the next one's a fantasy trilogy um but yeah currently i'm working on a couple projects uh one of them is sort of historically influenced fiction 
um, with paranormal stuff. The other one is uh, my main project is uh, Rosemary Hearth. Uh, it is witchy and paranormal and LGBTQ and uh, all kinds of fun shit. Um, I do have uh, SonderEditing.com where I am an actual editor. Um, I'm a professional. Uh, and gosh, what else? I had something else that I needed to say. Uh, oh God, what was the thing? Uh, that you're know. great. Yeah. Um, that I you mean, make 90% of this up on the fly. Yeah, I do. This is all an improv performance. So anytime <laughs> I trip, it's because I've been. I don't. It's not because I go off script. It's because I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, I I think that I already said it was the lore time stuff where I'm like trying to regiment it. Um, I'm trying to give more and more about like the continents and different groups of people. Um, I'm actually kind of excited about it. It's turning into kind of a series where I reveal tidbits. And I, I, if I don't have anything relevant to say about the campaign and where you guys are, I will go to sort of general world lore. Um, but I'm hoping after this month, we'll start to get, get to more lore about uh, Harris and Amnoblin. And uh, I'm already setting it up for Amnoblin and talking about the Monomarig and all the crazy words that I've made up that nobody knows what they mean. <laughs> Uh, I'm a lore fanatic. Yes. So, uh, yep, for every 5,000 words I write in a book, I write 10,000 in D&D. So this can be good. <laughs> All right. I've rambled on enough. Uh, anything else anybody needs to add? All right. Nope. Well, uh, we've gone over our normal time by 10 minutes, but screw it. This isn't regimented. So thank you for uh, joining us at, at Larn Adventuring Company. We will have VODs and podcasts up Wednesday and uh, watch Twitter for links and shit. So thank you and we'll see you next Saturday. Bye guys. Take us out, Blake. Bye y'all. Let's get out of here. Oh God, why everyone? Bye.